This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at HM.com. tour everybody probably for the rest of my fucking life so go to burtburtburt.com and find out where to find me if you are in edmonton i will be doing a call in sick to work show october 9th i will go do radio i will get drunk i will then go straight to the club at 11 a.m and do a show today's guest is a man cut from the same cloth as me kyle canade this is checking and checking yeah i got a sweet knife I'm a knife guy. Okay. You gotta have you gotta have a few sweet knives. I believe I in that. I agree with that entirely. I always buy a knife on the road. It's one of my like favorite fucking like it's like you know, it's like some people collect shit. I don't really collect much shit. But I definitely I definitely like uh like I'll get knives and uh like get gas station knives that yeah. are like shaped like a gun and then a blade comes out of them. No 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 no. no like but you know like in the south where, where did you grow up? I grew up outside of Chicago. Okay. So let me let me guess, you have a huge hard on for bass pro shops. You have no. I gotta idea. stop at all of them. I have no nothing to do with the outdoors, but the fact the one in uh, Missouri is like that's like the either the biggest attraction before or after like the St. Louis Arch. Really, people just go to the the um, Bass Pro Shops in St. Louis. I'm going there. Uh, I'm going there Thursday. Tomorrow okay. I go to Missouri. Okay, if it's out, if you go anywhere, I, I, don't, I don't. It's not. I drove by it. I forget. It wasn't in in St. Louis, but it's and they're all indicative of the area. Yeah. So like the one in Louisiana, 
has the the moss hanging down and alligators and stuff in it. Yeah. They all have the animals hanging on the wall. Denver's got mountain a- animals hanging out. I love Brad. I, lo- I can go to those and literally spend like even like outdoor worlds. Yeah. Like I just walk around. I don't and and the clothes aren't clothes that I'd normally wear. Like I'm not like yeah. a I'm not like a and they're not even like cool looking flannels. Like some some of them you can find like good looking like the kind of flannel you know the flannels that have like thermals underneath them yeah yeah like they're like old school flannels like a construction worker yeah. yeah but like I don't even like the clothes there but I could walk around for hours it's well that's how I feel about like REI and sport because they're like oh I need all these things under the guise of apocalyptic survival yeah like, I, am, oh, I bought so much camping equipment I barely ever go camping but I got it all because I'm like oh I need we got a happen. whole fucking garage filled with camping <laughs> shit and I don't need it at all and I buy I buy uh, I do it under the guise look at all look at all my boots I got all yeah. my boots over there I got a uh, thing full of I got these great boots and I went to the REI in Alaska Oh, oh, so they're just geared up with snowshoes oh, and everything. And it's and it's like next level REI because it's all the shit that they need for real survival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see I have to I have a mix between going, okay, I'm doing all right and I could buy all these thing like not all but buy something versus the little Chinese hands making them like yeah. well <laughs> if I like why like why to just buy it to have it? Is it bad that I keep the little Chinese hands busy? Or is it good that the little Chinese hands will have more work? Yeah, it's I don't like, know. That's... It depends on my mood. It'd be like, well, I gotta, they got to work, so I better <laughs> consume their products. So interesting. Mm-hmm. I always look at like I always look at I always look at like hipsters in Colorado making them. <laughs> like and, uh, and that's my and like... hardly the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hardly the case. <laughs> there would be an interesting segment on the show is follow, uh, uh, take it back to its origin. Oh man. That would just depress me for so many things. It would break your heart. Even like, like Diet Coke. Yeah. Or I, or I try, like, you know, you try and do the Made in the USA things, but it's like now it's sadly few and far between. They had that show, uh, How It's Made, and they always, but it was always yeah. like like a wooden baseball bat. Like it was never something anyone really uses yeah, anymore. Yeah, they're never going to do an iPhone. They can't really expose <laughs> how that's made. Well, well uh, whoop, he jumped off the building. All right, let's go to Ling over here. Ling's not going to jump, but she's making one. We can see how this is put together. Did you grow up? Did you grow up like uh, like with a liberal mentality, or did you grow up? Because you seem, I I, 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 t- I read you as like as a regular liberal dude. Yeah, I mean, li- liberal just as much as that. Uh, they weren't my my folks weren't real political, but it was definitely more of a live and let live mentality. Like you, whatever you're doing doesn't bother me. And it, we, I mean, we were l- uh, lower middle class, so lower middle class. Like uh, describe that in like in like put a face on it. That's what my dad worked for the airlines in the eighties. Really, Every, everyone that went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> what airline? What airline? Uh, Eastern, Eastern TWA. My, one of my best friends. One of my best friends. Dad's worked for Eastern. Yeah, out of Atlanta, and, okay. and was like, and when they went under, he was like, "Well, that just changed our life entirely." That was it. Yeah, twenty years, twenty-two years. I think my dad worked there, and then oh, no more retirement, nothing, all gone, all pissed away because God you damn. Know, corporate greed and the way things are. I don't know how. how does, does is a traveling wearing on you nah. for work? No airports, or do you? I know I've gotten to the place where I really love airports now. 
tell me how to do that, man, because I'm going to get oh. arrested in one of them real soon. I'm, the past uh, month for me alone really? has been every weekend has been an experience where I'm like, they're going to put me in airport jail, if not real jail. For <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I, TSA, I'm not even... I don't even bite my tongue around him anymore. Are you seeing like, Ari's like that? Ari oh, gets real fucking aggressive with the AA. They're pointless. I was, I just, LAX, I'm like, who cleans? Are you going to make me take my shoes off and just dirt and gum all over the floor? I'm like, okay, under just the fake image that you're here for my safety, how about basic sanit- How about basic cleanliness? How about that level? If you're, oh, you're keeping me safe? I'm stepping in gum right now. I feel safer at a public pool with, with a fucking 10-year-old like lifeguard than these dipshits. I have a different... I have a little different... See, I'm aggressively airline loyal. I was trying to be that, except Delta just took away all their... Now you have to pay. Who? What, what do you mean you have to pay? Now it's now it's not about how much you fly. It's about how much you spend on your tickets. Yep. And they yep. just did it. So that's my loyalty got shit on. I don't fuck around with Delta. Who, who's your... American. I wanted Amer- I want American to fall out of the sky right what? now. I, that was the worst. That was I've never flown them in somebody out this weekend. Just that was my whole Twitter feed. I was just going off. I'm like, wait, I read talk. your Twitter. Yeah, feed. you're getting torn your... a new asshole. You're America. like, wait, you know, is this a prank show or did you really just was, change gates? It was ridiculous. Six gate changes, delay like six gate changes. Same. Oh nope. Now there's a plane here. A whole plane full of people. Not even like a two to. A7. No, yeah. A to C to A to B to C to A, all Are over the airport. Serious? To the point where I'm like, you better, you, uh, yeah, I'm like, you better have <sighs> bouncers at the gate because these people are getting pissed off. Like, people are just yelling and openly laughing. Oh, we got a gate change. But it's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and that might have been me. But, but still, that, that, yeah, it was awful. Wait, what was Unbelievable. the. What, what was. Do you drink at airports? I wasn't drinking at this one. I drink at airports. That also makes it really enjoyable. I, you know what? And I don't, yeah, I'm not an angry like I get real passive and easygoing yeah. after a few drinks. See, I look at I look at um, well, I'm airline loyal, so I so going through security for me, I have TSA pre-check. So I don't have to take off my shoes. I don't have to take I off my jacket. I signed up for it yesterday. I had it through Delta. Now I signed up for it for all of them. Yesterday. It's the greatest. It's the yeah. greatest. It makes it easier. Um, upgrades on American are the easiest to get. Um, Did we start the podcast yet? Or yeah, we we okay. yeah, we are started. Yeah, we <laughs> I realized we're yeah. just having our, our travel conversation. Oh no, I, I would talk. <laughs> I could talk about travel forever. Travel Channel would love for me to talk about it. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. well, and yeah, especially then you have insight to it. Uh, please, any tr- any tricks or tips? Because I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lose my mind. I okay. This I'm aggressive when I fly. Like I uh, like I, I take a very aggressive approach to booking. So mm. if I book coach. I look at the percentage of first class availables versus first class uh, taken, yeah. and I book on those flights that have the lowest. Like so, a lot of times I'll take the six a.m. flight yeah. because there's no one wants to take that flight. So you have to get to the airport at four in the morning, up. and you get bumped up. So I'm real, and I will not fly coach. Like meaning, like, like I got to fly to New York next weekend, and I. Looked at the ticket, and I was like, I can't afford first class, but yeah. I'm not going to buy a coach because you never get upgrade on those new planes they have. The new planes, they have Airbuses. You don't get upgrades on those. Oh, really? But I was like, fuck it. I'll spend – I hoard miles. So oh, like, yeah. I'll, I'll spend 100,000 miles on a flight to first class to New York. How many miles you got? Uh, up, I, right now, I have 360,000 in my account. 
oh, but I just man. spent a hundred thousand last night on a flight to New York. Really? I'm at like four hundred fifty thousand, and oh. I don't spend them. I, oh. like, I have never used them for anything except my sister was trying to get to Vegas when we were all there. So I, like to be able to go like I got it and throw the miles at that. That is really I did there. that to my parents. I, th- I flew my parents out for Thanksgiving, yeah. and I would I just performed in Tampa, and and then my parents were like, you know, the economy sucks, and my parents were like. Oh, would like to come out, but you know. Yeah. And I was like, "Don't worry, I got it." And so well, I, I went thought you said comedy sucks, nope. not the economy sucks. I just comedy. performed in yeah. Tampa, and comedy sucks. So uh, my parents come out. Like, yeah. man, comedy you, sucks. You really took a turn on this. <laughs> Are we in the house that comedy built right now, Bert? <laughs> uh, fuck this thing. Oh uh-huh. no! So I flew them all out first class on miles, and then flew them back on miles, and yeah. that ha- that took a big dent out of my account. But yeah. airline loyal is number one because if you work your way up, and the other really big. Really big secret. I say I hate to say serious. I'm telling everyone. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you sign up on American's website, there is a it's travel deals. But yeah. ignore the travel deals. What you want to do is find the um, the advantage award deals. So yeah. sometimes, and this is how I first got to platinum, is they said from the their slow months, like the month of March to June, you get triple the amount of miles yeah. for every flight. So you sign up for those. You put in that awards thing in your account. Yeah. And then every time you book flights, you triple them up. So you get three times miles for award points. Uh, and that is how you can, you can leapfrog at the end of every – they do challenges in, if I'm not mistaken, from like November to December. Yeah. They always do challenges. And it's, it's the greatest way to get – I got Tom Segura uh, upgraded yeah. that way because it's the greatest. And then um, – but it's airline Cause, loyalty. Because I would, I would have it – yeah, with, I would fly so much that I'd be like – Platinum by May or something. Yeah. Oh, the one. Now no. I'm still buying all the flights, so I'll still get it. Yeah. For the next year, but but just it just is great. Like sitting in the airport and realizing that so many flights are down for maintenance on American, and they're just clicking it every half hour. They're just putting it every half hour for this delayed flight. Yeah. And I'm asking, look, he's like, oh, they never know when it's going to be done. They just put it off every half hour because if they cancel the flight, then they got to buy hotels for everybody because it's the last flight of the night, and so they're just being cheap asses, oh. being tight fucking corporate asses, and just not like. Cancel your flight, give people hotels, and let them make other plans. Because right now, you're just pushing everybody. You're just stringing them along, yeah. and it's greed. It's it sounds like a relationship. Greed. You're like, dump me. Oh, yeah. Just just let's I end it. I know spring break's yeah. coming up. Let's end it. Stop <laughs> teasing me just because you get lonely on Fridays until <laughs> summer comes. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you, oh, I get so riled up. I almost got, they we're going to call the airport police because I had a bowling pin in my bag. It was a bowling pin from this bowling alley that had punk shows back in the day in Chicago, and somebody gave me a bowling pin from it. And I got it from Chicago to Minneapolis. Yeah. But in Minneapolis, like, I got held over because of weather. That's always a weird thing, too, like, when weather, like, because you can't even take your anger out on weather. And I was just like, I just, like, won't recycle that day. Like, I'll just throw plastic <laughs> bottles in the regular garbage. Like, oh, the, oh, the environment. The environment. You're not doing anything for me. You're making my life miserable. Take that. There's are great... Pacific Garbage Patch is another one for you. That Pacific Garbage Patch scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Someone just sends me the other day, and I was like, "How have I never heard of this?" It's like, but you know, what's so funny is I got, I got, I get obsessed with like one small thing, and then mm. I will research the fuck out of it. Yeah, but it's so obscure. Like yesterday, I was obsessed with the uh, Jose Boliviar. Boliviar, he's he's this, the fucking guy that liberated all of South America. Okay, yeah, but he's like the Abraham Lincoln for South America for yeah. anyone who. Isn't Spain in 
like on our side of the uh, the world. Yeah, and um, I got obsessed with him, and then I fucking got on stage, and because this Mexican chick didn't know who he was, I lost my shit on her. <laughs> I was like, how can you not know him? And then and, and so <laughs> became a Wikipedia yeah, expert. I, on exactly. This subject. Yeah. Right now, I'm obsessed with. Did you have you ever seen the movie Goon? Yeah. I, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's great. I was like, this movie's fucking awesome. How come I didn't see it? Yeah. But apparently it came out right after like three hockey goons died from their injuries of being. And then there's a documentary on Netflix about the the real life goon. Yeah. Who's still just kind of Did you play hockey nuts. growing up? No. I, no sports. Sk- no sports? Skateboarding and BMX. Something I can go off by myself and fail at, I would do that. But I wasn't a sports dude. I, so what kind of like, what what kind of skating did you do growing up? I was just terrible, man. I, I look back at how many people skateboarded and rode bikes. People want to make that comment. Like You hear all the guys like, we never had to wear helmets growing up just to ride a skateboard down the street, and we turned out fine. Well, no. First off, you sound like an asshole. Yeah. You know, you sound like you're probably an angry, <laughs> shitty dad. Stop being a pussy. Just go out there and do it. Furthermore, you didn't have... Everybody had TV. Watch what skateboarding is now. Yeah. And then, like, be happy your kids have got a helmet on because they're going to try and jump off the roof with that skateboard. For me, it Dude. was like, maybe I can do a, maybe I could rail slide a parking block. And I could still, I was like, couldn't even get that figured out. Now kids are like, that, handrails, I guess. We just go for handrails. It's like, yeah, yeah be, be glad your kids wearing a helmet riding a skateboard. I, I, I make the girls wear helmets all the time when we, do, when we just ride bikes. And uh, Isla fell off wearing a helmet and fucking cracked her noggin. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, because I was a little bit of a lunatic. Yeah, and I was like, thank God, like I never wore a helmet growing up, but that doesn't mean it was right. No, but at least once a year there was either somebody in your town or the town over, like, oh yeah, something happened. He split his head open. He's you know a little soft on a little soft on the intelligence scale now. I had a friend growing up that was like that. Yeah, that was like totally changed after one accident. You were like bonked out. It was back when you were like when you hit your head and everyone's like sleep it off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now they're like. That's the opposite of what you should fucking do. Yeah, your eyes are dilated. It's because now you, you appreciate life more. You want to take in more information? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're a doctor, Mom. I know that there's that cough medicine commercial that says you're a doctor, Mom, but you've been way off on some of these health tips. <laughs> Wait, did you, well, how old were you when you smoked weed? What was that? How, how old were you when you smoked weed? I think I was, I was probably like 17. Really? I tried it once. I was late to the game on everything. I didn't drink until I got out of so high school. so funny. You know you don't have that persona at I, all. I know. Uh, yeah. I did, I, I, high school, I just – I was on the street. You know, I never hung out with the, the kids that were into that stuff. And my friends, we were all nuts in our own right yeah. and, and had fun with these, which inevitably it turned out to be – they were all good kids. And just pot, it just came later. When did you get your man voice? This, this whole – like, Dump like, truck, like, because it happens at fourteen. Technically, I don't know. I think this this is from smoking and drinking over the years. Like this kicked in. That uh, that it, the, the combined with doing comedy at night. Yeah, so I go a whole day without talking to anybody until a show. Sometimes, like, and I love like on the road. I won't talk to anybody all day until I get to the show. I I, I used to lose my voice very quickly and on stage because I was so talented. Because <laughs> I, I knew my range, yeah. I knew how to, you know, to, I knew how, how to, to shout <laughs> and be high energy, and that was it. Is it funnier if I say it like this? Fultron, Matt Fultron says his favorite quote is, uh, "Confidence versus vo- confidence plus volume equals funny." It's David Tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. That's how everyone just oh, okay. Oh, uh, the trend, the trends in comedy of that you like <sighs> having done it long enough. You're like. I get. I'm. I'm scared now because you know I can't do it. Like, 
it seems like all comedy. This this sounds arrogant, but so much stand up now is just. Oh, I'm a piece of shit. Sad bearded white dudes. Sad bearded straight white dudes. I'm like, well, I'm not sad, so that's disingenuous. So I'll write jokes about being a happy fat bearded white dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also not getting. I'm, I'm trying to not grow bigger and trying to grow smaller. Well, I noticed so, you trimmed your beard up. You're, that's you're, the best weight loss technique is just grow a beard and then trim it everybody thinks you lost weight everyone thinks you're healthy too yeah yeah i'm like, really cleaning up <laughs> what's so funny is you know every time i trim my beard i remember a statement you said in amsterdam and i said oh, man. do you know you know you remember the one i don't remember the statement i remember the trip <laughs> i was fucking i was obliterated the vast majority of that trip the, the, the audience of people where english is their third language they just stared at you the whole oh that's in my documentary you, me. i mean me I no that was me that was me they i did a, all of us i did a joke where i said uh where the, it's worked everywhere and i never really had faith in the joke because it was it was weak writing on my part so what uh. i would do is i would it was weak writing but i loved the premise and i loved the payoff of the next joke yeah so i just i've always kept it in yeah. And uh, and I would always sell it with my eyes. I would oversell it with like like doing my eyes back and forth, and uh, and I did it in that small room that that Tumblers or whatever that warm up room we did oh, it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was like me and you and Christina Pajitsky in the back corner, yeah, drinking. Yeah. And then we went up and it bombed so fucking bad, <laughs> and no one laughed. And I was like, <clears throat> and I agreed. I was like, you're right. You're right about this joke. Like, I've always felt this joke didn't deserve a laugh. Really? Oh, I really... And I was like, oh, my God, you guys got in my head where it deserves to be. But... I've... I've, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Because I don't feel like like, if it's poor writing... I mean, there's some people who are salesmanship, and there's a physicality to the bit, but if if, if it's funny, if you laugh, then you laugh at it. Then fine. Then then, then that's... It's a funny thing to do on stage, and the guy's a comedy. Yeah. If the right, you know, if the writing's not, there's some people the writing's fantastic, but they're boring as shit to watch. You know, there's it's a mix, uh, it's a combination of all those elements. I don't it's think interesting. You know, I never looked at it that way. There are dudes that are great writers, but just tough to sit through. I was, uh, I started off. I came from writing. I didn't come from a performance background, so my thing was just sit up there and just read what I've written verbatim. Really, and my thing was like, if the words aren't funny as it is, I don't want to earn the laugh by selling it or being a personality. So the words have to be there. And then slowly, I'm like, oh, yeah, you can move around. You can look at the audience. I still can't look at the audience on stage. It still scares the shit out of me. Really? But, yeah, I look above them or at the floor. I can't. I, no matter how good a show's going, I always, make, I always look at the one person who's not having a good time. It's that Murphy's Law thing. I think everyone does that. The one cross-armed, like, oh, I, I suck. I'm going to spend quit. the entire show focusing on you and yeah. what you don't like about me as yeah. opposed to what they do. Oh, God, I don't do any crowd work. I don't want. I don't want to. Like it'll creep in here and there if I can really feel it. But I don't want to talk to the audience. Oh, I'm hardcore crowd work. Like I last night, I did a set at Flappers, which is a pretty great club. I'd never. I've been there once. That's right. You want the one Burbank? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's not. My buddy Nate was out there. You know Nate Craig, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nate was out there last night. I think he was out there. Yeah. I know I'm, he went out there Monday. He was, was there for the wrong night. Oh yeah. It, uh, but yeah, yeah. That's like a nice little spot out there, and you, you just. Busted on the crowd or just? I just got into this. I just I I'm working on this one joke and I, I had this realization where I'm not working hard enough at stand up. Like I'm doing it, oh, man. but I'm let's not talk. Like I, <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> I feel like I get jokes. I feel like I, this is the analogy. Mm. I feel like uh, Flagler, the guy that discovered Florida. So okay. that not discovered it, but but developed Florida and bought most of Florida. Okay. So what he did is he got into Florida and he stopped. 
like at his first place, and he was like, "Wow, this place is awesome. Mm-hmm. This is really great, and I wanna I wanna develop St. Augustine." But I wonder what else there is out there. And so he just kept going down the coast, and he never really focused on any one area. Mm. So he got all the way down to Miami, which he developed that whole fucking path, but he just claimed it. And I feel like I do that with stand-up. I just go out, and if the joke kind of works, I go, good, it works. I'm done. Now, what's the next one? Like, the fun for me is getting it to work, and then once it works, I just leave it, and I don't develop it more. But I think that's... A good thing for me because that means that the puzzle can't be completed. Some people just want an hour, and then they sit back because it works. Yeah, and they're happy. They're happy with the with the with the applause, with the adulation of the audience. And I'm like, no. If it works, that means that's. There's some stuff like there's some there's some sometimes it's a joke. You know, you write it and like, oh, that's the joke. It's all written that way. But for me now, it's more just this malleable subject that I can, you know, pull things off of like, like, like just an idea that I'll, you know, just like a gnaw on for 15 minutes on stage. And that, yeah. that can always grow that as you're talking about, it, it's like a conversation. You're talking about a subject and like, Oh, hey, bring, Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. Yeah. So that's not so much a joke. It's like a subject that you could just go at for a while and it doesn't really finish or anything. It's just an interesting thing that you want to talk about. I love talking about ghosts. I'll go up there and like all of a sudden I'm talking about ghosts for 15 minutes and then something else hits me. I'm like, oh, and then there's another thing about this subject that I like talking about. Yeah. Uh, but I like that, oh, this thing works? Okay, what's next? Because that means you can't finish comedy. Yeah. And so it's but always... But then I, I the, feel like then I also leave a lot of unfinished comedy out there. Like a lot of like, a lot of really like... Um, I feel like I... I feel like I don't do the the hard work that maybe like uh, and I always use Bill as an example, um, but I won't only because I don't think that's fair for Bill. But like Atel is a good example of like yeah. he does he gets a joke up and running and then he does like four or five different tags every night of the week to find out which one he likes the best or which one has yeah. the most juice to it. And I'm like I don't do that. I just get it up and running. And I'm like all right that works. Next one like so I feel like so what I did is I decided to sit with my notebook write what's wor- write what's working and then work on it so which yeah which like I had this joke about my daughter seeing my dick and I was and it was like and, it, and but I was like I got it to a place where it worked and I was like we're fine and then I looked at it and I was like well no we're not maybe this could be a really good bit maybe I could really so I've been focusing yeah. on it but then it bombed last night and I was like bailed on it I was like fuck it let me talk to the Mexican chick and <laughs> Do you, so if it's bombing, because sometimes like I, I have a problem. I don't want to work on new stuff when I'm on the road because oh, that's feel, the only place to work on new stuff. Really? Oh, that's my favorite. But yeah, but you're not. You work the road differently than I do. But like, the, all this is stylistic. There's no one right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. For me, I feel like oh, if people paid to come to the show, <laughs> I want to give them the stuff that works. Because in my mind, this will go away. All I have is stand up. I don't yeah. act. I don't write. I don't do this. I do voiceover, which. For Comedy Central, I thought like, oh man, so I must have this unique voice that everybody wants. Nobody's knocking down this door like, yeah, drink a Diet Pepsi, uh, fucking dicks. You know, like nobody. Yeah. It works for 18 to 24-year-olds that are trying to figure out when Workaholics is on. But so so I realized, and that, that can go away at any time. So all I've got is stand-up. So I feel like I've got to make, every time I go on the road, it's got to be the best show. Like people go like, See, people, well, we're coming back next time. But people will pay for your tickets. Yeah. So like I'm in the I've always like I've always worked the other side of the road, which is like funny bones and improvs. Yeah, like you're doing pr- primarily. I'm assuming rock clubs and I'm and trying like, to get there. I'm doing smaller venues. Yeah, smaller venues. But well, I learned from from bands that you got to go for the loyalty, not for just the big blow up. 
get people in, get their money, and then split. Like, no, you got to make sure they want to come back. You yeah. Gotta- well, that's the, the way. Like you, I know Kumail does it that way. Yeah. Like a lot of the more I say, I say alt, but not. I don't think anything's really alt these days. What's alt? I think is the business approach to it. Yeah. It's not I think so much that, yeah. the comedy. It's, it's the not the comedy. Approach. It's the business approach. That that is the fucking smartest thing I've ever heard. Because yeah. I took the traditional business approach where it's like, it's like. Two grand for the week. Yeah. When you start out, you get two grand for the week, and then you they just fill the club with people. Yeah, and it's like no one really paid to see you, but it's a packed club, so you get sold out shows. But that's where I learned how to write was because I didn't really give a fuck primarily for like the vast majority of the crowds. Yeah, definitely on Thursday and Sunday, those were def- hardcore writing nights. Yeah. like late show Friday and Saturday, I would really focus. Early shows would be a tad bit more focused. I. See, I, I would I, when I started doing stuff like that. Because when did you go? When were you on the road full time? Uh, when I was, I started when Georgia was born. Ten years ago, I was on the road every week of the year, and I, it's been like that ever since. Okay, yeah, I started road full time about five years ago. Yeah, but because I stay, I just stayed in either Chicago or L.A. and just like, no, I'm going to work on my precious little weird way of doing things because I didn't like because going on the, like the few road gigs, I'm like. Oh man, I mean, as much as I drink and everything, like these are just drunk. Like, <laughs> and I'm trying to do my little personal stories, and yeah, they don't want to hear that. You know? Yeah, it's it's interesting because but, but there is a fine like, there is a fine mix. Like, I've been on the road long enough where I see guys who got caught in the system. Yeah, and and that is my that's always been my biggest fear is that because I can I'm definitely but prone you made to bad it out. habits. You didn't get caught by it. no, I'm still but, a little bit in the system. Like, I, I wouldn't say I definitely I I would. I would be really scared to work a rock club. Why? Because, because you have your audience though too. People know who you are. Yeah, but the, plus, but you know, you're, you mean you're a high energy. There's a lot like, of intangibles get, like like the the lighting, the mic, the the. Yeah. There's a lot of like talking at the bar. Like we did one rock club. I forget where it was. I want to say it was the forty volt or something or. 40 watt. 40 watt? Yeah, maybe. That's why I'm recording my special there. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, you could have tell me a horrible no, no, no. I'm, 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 story. It's the only name of the place I remember, but I don't, I don't know if that was it or not. Athens, Georgia? Yeah, and I, I want to say it was in Athens. I don't remember. I did, a, I did rock clubs for yeah. a little while because, um, because you could. You could find a venue. Yeah. That's part of the, what's beautiful about this business, and I would say Stanhope reinvented this business. Yeah, and he was like, you can find a venue that seats people, and you can do a show, and you can get the door, and you can make money. Yeah, I can't remember where the fuck this place was, but whatever it was, it had a bar on the right and a bar on the left, and you were trying to focus to the people in the center. Oh, and it was like, just... and it was like, it was like chaos. I don't, I don't mind it, but as far as when once you've done like all the funny bones. You're, it's it's every room looks identical. You get used to that aesthetic and everything. My my thing, yeah. I just I just learned it from bands. I mean, I sound like a broken record now. The way I keep talking about, like, yeah, just, I learned it from bands. Like, what kind of music out. did you like? It was always punk rock stuff when I was in high school. But bands that were like, where, wherever there's a venue, they'll play the show. Venue that won't have it, we'll do it at somebody's house. And it was never for money. And as 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 a fan, as somebody going to see these bands, going, oh man, like going to see these like. These band, nobody's heard of these guys. They're not on radio or MTV or anything. And there's 300 people jammed into a bowling alley or jammed into yeah. this church basement. There's a VFW hall to see this band. And the show they put on, make sure that next time 600 people are going to come see them and they're going to get to the next venue. a really venue. smart way to approach so, the business. Well, there's no guarantee in that it's going to work. I just, like, I just know how I felt seeing 
a band at that level and gr- and growing with them. Like so, like I just applied that to comedy in the same way. I still do clubs. Yeah, I, there, and, and there's some clubs that realize that oh, this is a viable option for comedians. We better make it more hospitable for them. Yeah, for when you know if they want to come through town. Not that I need to be pampered or treated well or anything, but you know, no thirty dollar ticket prices and nine dollar drinks because get the. You're pricing out people who want to come see the show, and then you're getting people who have money who have no concern about seeing the show, and, 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 and are not yeah. going to have fun and be shitty audience members. It's like getting it's like getting people who are uh, who can go to, uh, go to buy a Mercedes to the Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, yeah. They're like, well, a lot of this shit's not going to. They want to yeah. buy it at Hamaker Shamaker or whatever. <laughs> uh, it, it's. I'll tell you the thing that I'll tell you the thing that I regret about the road only in. It's really, really, really hard to build a following on the road. Like I've been, I've been out of ten years, and, I, and yeah. very seldomly, and I, and I say this very self-aware of what I'm saying. Do you get like you get a lot of fans, but they're fans that have discovered you through podcasts or yeah. or TV shows. Very seldomly do you get people that are like, you know, ten years ago I saw you here, and I've been following your career ever since. Because a lot of times you're just that comic that weekend. That they decided to go, and they have no clue what they're going to hear. Yeah, and so you do kind of, you're and and, a, and you're also com- competing in a marketplace where, you know, a lot of ventriloquists and and hypnotists or, and the people that might like the type of comedy, like a comedy club, that could be. There's some clubs yeah. that know that that's they, it's not that you like. Does it have to be wackety sex before the show starts and yeah. Three Stooges clips and like they know they're at a comedy club. They bought tickets. You sat them. They know where they're at. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it when it's some super posh nightclub feeling thing too. I, I know my aesthetic. I know who would probably like my stuff. And so it's I just play the same places these bands would play in the town anyway. And I you know, I told my agent, I'm like, this I don't wanna it's not a cash grab. We can't like, oh, here's a 500 seat place. I'm yeah. not going to sell 500 tickets. Put me in a 200 seat place and sell it out. And that way, like, oh shit, man. Next time you come through, either do two shows at the smaller venue or move it up slightly. But like, oh, it's sold out. Like, I need to know that too. I can't like play into like one third full room. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? Who do I think I am that I can sell? Like, I don't feel good doing that because yeah. like, oh, 150 people jammed into this place. But also, I got low overhead, no family, oh. no debt, rent, and that's it. And so I don't know if I'm – it's not like I longed for those things and made a grand sacrifice to do it. It's like, oh, no, that was never really going to be – that was never something I was worried about anyway. Like, oh, I gotta, I'm going to find somebody and settle down. That was never – even before I started comedy, I never thought about that as part of my life. So I, I was just like – I gotta find something that makes me happy because I'm not gonna have a daytime. I'm not gonna have a day job that makes me happy. I'm gonna have a day job that I have to have. Yeah. Because you gotta pay your bills. You can't be a piece of shit. So I'm gonna work in a you know work in a warehouse. Um, you know, make it the supervisor or something and have a serviceable job. And then I found comedy. I'm like, oh, I found my thing to do at night. This is like this is the poker game with your buddies. Yeah. Or this is like you know, oh, I got really good at darts because it's a thing I do at a bar <laughs> with my friends anyway, drinking. But I got pretty good at it. Maybe I'll go enter a dart tournament, you know? Yeah. And that's what stand up was like, oh, I found this thing and and the writing like, oh, the puzzle part of it like, oh, it's never finished. Oh, they laughed at this? Oh, I got to see if I can come up with another thing. Never like sit back and cuz you couldn't do the same like you stay in Chicago for 4 years or you stay in LA to do your material. You can't do the same thing every night. That's why I only write in L.A. I'm like, oh, I can bomb here. People know this is the workshop. Oh, this People is where I feel here. like you get in trouble. Really? Yeah, like last night I was last night when I started fucking around. 
the girl that I was talking to had a very strong Spanish accent. I, th- I actually mistook it for Belarus at first. That's was a such very a, intellectual mistake. But like, oh, no, 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 no. Are you, you Belarusian? Oh, no, no Spanish. <laughs> My fault. Pardon me. The only reason is I had seen a documentary about Qatar. Not documentary is a big word. Are you the guy who watched a documentary and then you're an expert on it for yeah. the next three weeks? So I bring it up. I was like, are you from Belarus by any chance? I just learned about Belarus run, uh, weightlifters. Just throwing a, a random country out there just to drop it. It's like a junior college when I call it Taoism. My philosophy is like Taoism. I'm like, that's probably the one as well. I, I was brought up differently. I, I was actually told to me by a, by a Tibetan, so that's how he pronounced it. Never mind. This is community college. <laughs> but she she had a very strong accent, and then I said, I found out she was Mexican, and she was like, "This, by the way, in the middle of that daughter da- daughter dick conversation, like because she started booing the joke as I did as I started it, and so now I'm like, fuck. Well, then hell, she can so, go to hell. I said, well, wait, I go, did you grow up rich? Like, cause I mean, like a regular, I mean, not like I show my daughter, my dick, everyone listening has barely heard any of this. I showed one time there was during an earthquake and I live in a small house and I I mean, mean use, but if you grow up in a small house, nudity will happen. Yeah. It's, it's going to, it's going to like, it's not, it's never on purpose. I mean, my daughter saw my parents naked the other night at, in (laughs) in their house and it's big, but it just happened. It wasn't like I did it on purpose or it happens often (laughs) happened one time. So, but it's happened before, but, uh. But the girl, I said, well, did you go up rich? Like, and she goes, no. I said, you go up in a big house. She went, no. And I said, what's your accent? Are you from Belarus? And then she went, no. And I said, because that would make sense then. And then I went on some like riff about what I would believe a lifestyle would be like in Belarus. And then she said she was Mexican. And, you said, and I said, yeah. oh. I said, well, I, I, don't, I, can't really, I don't really know what it's, a Mexican household's like. So but I can't you, really. But your dad wasn't there anyway. So no. I see why that wasn't a problem. <laughs> No, uh, I had already uh, covered that topic oh. with uh, with something else. I don't know what <laughs> that didn't get you murdered and oh, flappers and perfect. but then but then the the point was I said to her something in Spanish and she goes I don't speak Spanish and I said but you have such a strong accent I go how can you not speak Spanish but also not speak English she goes what do you mean like she's like what do you mean and I go what do you mean what do I mean I go you don't even speak English like you're speaking broken English to me like, you you suck at all languages and then I, and then everyone was loving it but I'm taking fucking shots at this girl yeah yeah but she started it by booing me but my point yeah. is like so when I'm when I'm on the road I enjoy writing so I feel like I feel like I go special on a Sunday or a Thursday show because I feel like half yeah. the room's comped anyway. So there, you know what? Let's take some chances. Then I feel like fans love to watch you write. Also, they love just like real, like real comedy fans. Yeah. Like if I go see Chappelle, I want to see him fuck around on stage for a little bit. I'm not saying I'm Chappelle, but like, but, but covering a new topic, I think maybe that's where I I get that. But also, I feel like that's what I'm talking about. Like when I talk about a subject instead of having just a written joke, yeah, that it comes out that way anyway. That it, com- it can come out in a different order. It can come out. It doesn't have to be this word has to follow this word. Otherwise, none of it will be funny. But I like what you said. Mm-hmm. I, don't, like, I, I never really heard it that way. But what you said about stand-up being like your thing to do at night, like darts or poker. It, it, was, a, it was a retirement hobby. I've, I've always used the metaphor. It's, it's, it's my model train set. Like You see someone when they retire and they've got to do something with their time. So they get into like golf model train. Yeah. Or, yeah. This one thing. That I'm, it's never going to be perfect, but I could just sit here. I'll create little worlds, or maybe I'll just go golf. Like you should see the Lego movie. I love the Lego movie. It's one of my favorite movies I've ever it was, seen. It was I, I 
was putting it off, but everybody was saying it was great, and I saw it on an airplane. Yeah. I was, I was like, one of those, I hate, movies hit me even harder on airplanes. Oh, don't get me started. Walking tall, I'm sobbing, crying at that movie. What is with it the about, rock. you can't, like, yeah, why can't, like, what is it, is it about being confined, and you have, there's no distractions of being at home, where it's on a TV, but you're walking around, or it's like, you're just, you're sitting there, you can't move, you're focused on it, and then it's one of those little seeds of emotion, like, no, well, come on. You're a man. You're not gonna. You're not gonna cry. You can't. You can't cry. You're sitting between two people right now. You, yeah. you, God, what if you? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh no. Oh, what's gonna happen? Oh, where the wild things are. Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And it just. Where's yeah. my hoodie? I gotta yeah. put something over I'm, my I'm, eyes. I'm sleeping. I'm 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 wet sleeping. I, I wet nap. I have wet naps. What did I? I just saw something on the plane and I was crying so fucking hard and I couldn't <laughs> stop crying. It might have been a song. I get musical catch me off guard. So, what just out of nowhere like oh this is what you need right now uh there is uh dr dog okay i've heard of them them. yeah dr dog's got a song about uh and it just and it's uh let me see i I bet i have it on my phone i it it does horrible um You, you know what i was embarrassed that got me was right when I got, I was having, well, I was already in a rough spot in life, but I put my bags in a hotel bed. I was in Vegas and turned on the TV and it was, uh, what the bucket list like that with shit. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And it shouldn't have gotten me as much as it did. Um, but, but I got real caught up in that one that didn't even like unpack, just sat on the bed and started watching and all of a sudden just dude crumbling the goon. I, I sat and watched the goon last night. This is, this is the song and it just has this like. It's got this old, I and mean, now all the pictures to my kids are coming up on my iPad. Oh. And then if you just if you just hear this and you imagine you're looking at your your daughter as a baby, and then at the beach, little things. Do you have to change it and put on Ghetto Boys or something real quick on the planes? I fucking <laughs> welcome it. I get. I make it rain. I just like fucking. Here we go. And then listen to this. Tell me this doesn't remind you of like childhood right here. Oh, just a little fun jam. And so yeah. And so now I'm like, and all I can think is like, don't be, don't grow up. Yeah. And so I'm literally bawling my eyes out thinking about my daughters because I, I was with um, I was with Steve. I'd been with Steve Byrne and yeah. Steve. It said something that just caught me off guard and got me emotional, and and I and I've been dealing with I've been going through a rough patch yeah. with emotions lately about crying, and he was like he was like um, I ran into him in Tempe and Tempe and outside yeah. I was shooting and he was doing a show, yeah, and he like real just real fucking vulnerable was like I don't know man how do you do this road I'm missing this little girl grow up and I just very flatly was like oh yeah you, you just missed that and he was like what Boy. and I was like yeah you, that's just yeah, you don't get to see it. And I was like, you know, they got an option. They can either, you know, they can either have a house. And then I went, whoa, fuck. Mine's are 10 and 8. And I and I really, I really missed it. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. sure I saw it. And I'm sure that and any other father probably saw the same and would never have that insight. But as a vulnerable, as any yeah. comic who's vulnerable, any comic's vulnerable. Unless you're like, I'm sure Mincy is not vulnerable. But, but, like, <laughs> but like, you just go, I got, it just caught me off guard. And I was like, wow, I did miss it. Like well, I, but then I mean, I, I mean, I get to obviously I, I, I'm commenting without having kids, and you know, in a devil's advocate sort of way, like, is it better that you know, dad missed some moments, but he's happy dad and doing what he enjoys that provides for a family that when you come back, it's not 
miserable dad who's around every day after getting off work and hates his job and is yes. like, oh, here's my kids. Because then instead of <clears throat> missing some of the important things, but like, or being, but you're just. The kids are annoying all the time. You're annoyed by the kids all the time. I'm not. I'm, I don't not, have, I'm not a father, so I, I don't get the. No, I'm the same as you. Family. Like I'm regular. Like me. Like as much. I'm more mm. close to you than I am close to other dads. Because yeah. like I got more in common with you than I do other dads. Like I like they're going to the dentist right now. What I didn't tell you is George is getting two teeth pulled. I don't want to be there. Uh. I don't want to be there for it. To be dead honest with you, I'm cool <laughs> missing that. So I was like, oh, thank God this podcast is happening now. Because I don't want to be there. It's going to be a lot of drama. But it'll be fine. I can't Every- cancel on Kyle. He's got a real yeah. busy schedule. I told so. you, I could not. I loved listening to my wife say your last name. It was one of my, it's been like a little secret giggle I've had this whole time. We have Kyle Kanani coming up like you're Hawaiian. I love it, man. I got a good sunburn right now. I'll go with the Hawaiian vibe. My, but, uh, but, but yeah, so... I don't know. It caught me off guard, and I ended up crying on a plane. But I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated by what you said about. I'm, so Steve's got Steve's got a kid too. Steve got Steve's got a little girl, and he was just like, I mean, he was he was being very real. I was like, yeah. God, man, I was I was like, I'd love to be on the road. You got your whole cast for your show on the road. You guys have got to be having a blast. But he's looking at it like, yeah, but I want to see my kid grow up. Yeah, I I realize some things that I say that sound real depressing, and a loneliness. Like I like being alone. Like. What depressed me was being at a comedy club for four days on a weekend and then being home for two days. And again, just sitting in a, in a hotel for four days and seeing the same things. And See, I, I don't I can, go to museums. I don't do the stuff you should do. I do. Okay, this is what I do. I say I do. Someone's going to hear this and go, you've done it a couple times. You don't <laughs> do it. I enter a 5K on Saturdays and like really? just yeah, like I find a local 5K. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and then Sunday is my favorite day, and I love Sunday because what I do is I get naked and I start organizing my room, <laughs> like just like Howard Hughes. Really, I fucking make the bed and I start organizing everything. Let's look at my knife collection. I line up my knives, and it's like almost like OCD. But this is here. No, this is on the road. Are you organize uh, uh, the hotel I room. <laughs> love. I there is no. I'm being honest when I say. I don't have much better joy than a Sunday on the road during football season. And I got my fantasy football on my computer going. I got my pickums on my iPad. I'm organizing my room. I'm in. I'm naked. I haven't worked out yet. I just had a cu- few cups of coffee, and I'm like, "This is what I'm fucking talking about." The, the naked thing, I'm totally down with. That. Like once you realize you don't have to work, like yeah, this. I'm yeah. sorry, but my asshole is touching everything in here. And, I did a but, video. But, but, I, oh, I got to tell you this only because I, one of the funniest things I ever did. No one ever fucking. No one saw it, and no. No one liked it. I was in Cleveland at their condo, and I was pissed that I was in a condo. Yeah. So I got my video camera. I it's go, hey, is it hilarities or is it a funny? What fu- is it's it? an improv. Okay. It was a. Yeah, it's a. That's not the. Mm. Yeah, no. And but I was in the condo, which and there was yeah. blood on the condo from the guy that had been there from the week before. So I was a little upset. So mm. I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm oh. here. <laughs> the guy that had been here had left blood on the walls, and you know it didn't be it wasn't cleaned up. So and I'm naked so i go so i'm gonna go around and put my balls on everything in the condo so i walked around with a video camera Mm -hmm. but with my hand as the balls and i just this is me in the and i just knocked the forks and knives around and i'm like (laughs) but i've got it like selfie shooting me i'm like here's put my balls my balls going in the fridge and you'd hear me knocking things around and no one fuck i had to take it down because travel channel didn't like it but oh comedy condos i don't even want to fat and then you hear the stories about the old like John Fox or like these old road dudes that like their prank was to just like jizz in the conditioner. Like, uh, I, I can't. 
I like uh, like when it's hospitality. Like I've done some tours where people are like you can sleep on my floor on my couch, and I appreciate that hospitality. I'll take it in somebody's home. Yeah, but comedy condos, you know, have to be so disrespected by people out of the road, taking their frustrations out of being on the road. I uh, I can't. The cleaning thing I get, I, when I get home, I clean my apartment because it's one of the few things that I could have. There's tangible results of something that's in my realm of control. The rest of my life, I'm not in control of it. I can control how hard I work at stand-up, but yeah. there's, it doesn't mean there's plenty of people that bust their ass at stand-up, and they're not funny. Or there's something that just doesn't click, and they don't there's get to be. There's nothing more and, depressing. And, and, I, I'm, and I don't ever want to be the person that thinks they deserve things, so I go the other way. I'm like, I don't deserve any of this. So all I can do is work as hard as I can and be ever fucking grateful that I get to do this. And yeah. every time I want to start complaining about something, every time I'm in the airport and something like, oh, I'm going to punch a TSA agent. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going? Are you going to tell jokes for a living? Yeah. That's where you're going this weekend? Dial it down, buddy. Turn it down. You're getting the go- your dream came true. So stop bitching about stuff. I mean, it, it's it is hard. Like you can only bitch to other comedians yeah. that have similar complaints. It's, I, I never want to be the guy bitching to somebody. It's like you know, oh, what, oh, that's your that's your problem. Oh, you, oh, you didn't get your, your joke telling didn't go good this weekend. Your jokes, <laughs> the, the shit you do for free in front of me, and my friends when we're growing up, that you get paid for now. You want to trade? You want to trade with me? You want to do mine? Yeah, my buddy Bob always calls me out on. Oh, really? oh yeah, that joke that, that didn't go good. Yeah, I say he's a like that's like. Fathers of young children are are like way more punk rock than Gigi Allen ever was because like seeing him come out like oh gee that barf he knew it came out of his mouth this I don't even know which kid's barf this is <laughs> fuck it we're, we're drinking oh, that's tonight so fucking great <laughs> like we're drinking could be piss could be food shit I don't know get me a shot we're, <laughs> I'm out of the house right now oh dude dads drink dads who have dads who don't like their job throw fucking down those are the guys that get eight ball and they're like they're like fuck it like who gives a shit like uh i have my buddy uh, you know joey diaz yeah joey diaz came to one of my easter parties and brought edibles and fucking everyone ate edibles on accident all the parents and my dad and uh and so this last easter i mean everyone showed up and when they saw that joey wasn't here they were so let down and they're like, I got to do it on accident. Yeah, right? like, they didn't even have the guilt to know what they did. Oh, it's like, it was great. Joey put him up on the top, like at the front of the man cave right there. And he was like, Yeah, this popcorn's going to knock you dick in the dirt. And everyone got to eat edibles. And then, well, then we closed it in the man cave and we did a podcast in here. And it was like so real. All the, all the dads, yeah. the bombs were so pissed. <laughs> but dads throw down. I get emails. Oh. I get emails like it, like on a Tuesday night at nine o'clock, like, We're going to Pat's. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, but these are, this is the night I'm not supposed to drink. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you drink on the road still? I do. I, I you know, I was going to ask. I was going to ask you. I was curious about like because obviously you know you uh, had the reputation of drinking and everything and that. Do you feel like you have to live up to that now because it's part of a character, whether you like it or not? <laughs> and uh, because I'm getting a little concerned about. Like what's defining me? Like I'm like I'm thinking about the longevity of being a stand-up. Yeah, and you look at all the guys that were like the drinking guys that just can't. Attell doesn't drink anymore, if I'm correct. Like he can't drink. Yeah, always. I mean, Stanhope openly is like, you think I'm this maniac in parties? Like I don't I sit here. I might have a couple Miller Lights and watch Hoarders when I'm home. I'm not being a maniac like everybody thinks. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't just and also just just personally, I just I can't. Do I drink beer? B 
because it makes me tired before I do any stupid shit. I've collected the stories. I did the things. I did the stuff. Yeah. And it was it was great. But it's sad to do that at 37. You know? Let's get fucking... Let's get crazy. No, you do that in your 20s. Like, you What was the story you told about... What was the story you told about... Was you tell a story to me about doing cocaine? I mean, I got stories about it. <laughs> I feel like... Here's the thing. I feel like... I feel like... I was so vocal in not making a difference between who I am on the stage and who I am off stage. Yeah. And I didn't want there to be a separation of state and church. I wanted mm. it to be the same thing. And I was, and I, I've always been a very big drinker and I was so honest about it. But then when I saw it, like selling tickets to clubs, I got so excited about it. Now yeah. I feel like, like I didn't drink one night in Philly. I mean, yeah. not only did everyone send shots to the stage, but like, I didn't go out and drink with everyone after the show, and I got hate mail the next day. Like on Twitter, it was like a huge thread of guys like, like "Fuck Bert, he's a phony, he's full of shit, he says he's a partier." The guy fucking left like a fucking diva, and I was like, uh, "I think I've painted myself a little bit into a corner." Yeah. Luckily, it's a corner I don't mind being in because I am going to drink anyway, probably. But like, so now what I do is I just try to like, I'm trying to micromanage my health in a sense like where i go all right i'm gonna allow myself a few blowout nights that i would have given myself normally because that's what i like yeah 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 but like like right now i'm on a cleanse <laughs> so so like I, I feel like i'm constantly it's like a it's like a flood versus fucking putting up a wall yeah. does that make sense do, do you talk about that on stage because i try and talk about actual because i don't like seeing comics they're like oh man you ever get so wasted it's like i know you don't you're not a drinker i was talking about uh I was doing gigs with Morgan Murphy this weekend. She like had a problem like with people that would like mention being wet. Like you clearly, you're just coming up with a silly situation a person would get into, and then tacking on the "I was so drunk I did this." And there's nothing real about that. Everybody's got the fake. It was like oh, you might be a redneck if oh you might have been wasted if, and you can write a string of jokes yeah. that can fill in any road comics uh, repertoire. Uh, for me, like like I was trying. I don't want to court. Like, people are like, oh, he's a fake, he's a phony. Like, I don't want to court anybody stupid enough to think like, oh, yeah, I just, every night I do this. Or maybe because I do it so often, I need to take a night off in order to perform and come to your fucking city yeah. and have the semblance on stage to tell jokes and be entertaining. Like, I, like, I don't ever want to hate my audience. And there's some people, like, there's some comics that you can tell they have contempt for the audience they've, court, they've, they've courted, whether it's a fake... A misogynistic actor like jokes where like where they're winking but the audience isn't picking up on the wink and they're laughing at the wrong like, yeah. yeah fuck women like no no it's I'm making dark jokes about something that is really actually a horrible subject yeah I feel like I feel like I try to be honest like I, I've been talking about I mean I, I say I feel like I try to be honest I'm extremely honest and I talk about like but you know my yeah. i gotta be honest with you i don't think crowds want to hear it when you're like when they send a shot to the stage you're like no i'm actually trying to be healthy they're like boo and it's like that knee-jerk boo what the fuck healthy because it's their night partying in a weird way i feel like we are the band leaders to their merriment sometimes yeah. so I, I i i have just kind of looked at it like i don't know it's a by the way that is like a, an extremely insightful question that i have and, and i would love to fucking i wish i was on the road with you and morgan because i would love to have dissected that yeah because i i i feel the same way when people go 
I had this thought when I was high. You're like, no, you, you weren't high. You just had the thought. Just say you had the thought. Yeah. Are you yeah. afraid to say that you had the thought? Like, yeah. Or, or or it makes it because it's such like it. it well, it excuses the idea that it's a silly thought. Yeah. I the shots on stage. I mean, yeah. I guess otherwise you have to tell the staff that. Oh, he doesn't watch. And that. I'm not drinking and fake that's, shots. That's I, I will not drink fake shots. No, because that's that's disingenuous. I had a dude come to stage. His whole he brought his whole family. They all drove from like Des Moines to see me, and his whole family. And he came to shot to the stage with shots. I was in Des Moines with Fultron, and I was like, I'm not drinking tonight. I'm not drinking this weekend because yeah. I'm waiting a liver result. And so, <laughs> and, and and I told them on stage, I'm waiting a liver result, and I'd love to fucking be getting hammered, but I'm not yeah. because I there's here's where I'm at. Doesn't matter. Guy comes to the stage. He's like, do it. And I'm like, I really appreciate it, but I'm not doing it. He goes, do it. And everyone's, they had just heard that I'm a father and I want to be healthy so I can see my kids grow up. And they're shouting, do it, do it. And I go, I'm not doing it. And so I go, here, you give this to your dad. You're with your dad. Why don't you guys do a shot? And then, so he does a shot. And literally, I'm not even lying to you. 15 seconds later, seizes up like, and collapses <laughs> and they have to carry him out of the club and I'm like oh my god and by the way I'll should have done th- that shot you know, I, <laughs> I'll take it? it to the next level I will say sometimes I feel personally responsible for that behavior that I've instigated with that guy like I feel like I've set it up where I go I can party my balls off and have a great time and these are my stories I robbed a train I did yeah. this and then people are <laughs> people on the other side of the bench going I can do that and you're like well listen guys uh, you know maybe I'm making it sound a little bigger than I am like I've always been a little in control I don't drink and drive yeah. I don't hit my wife I don't fucking say the n-word like yeah. there's certain things I don't do that if, to keep that little Ball well, intact. Yeah, I think you could absolve yourself. Like, I think they're going to be a maniac whether you exist. Hopefully, or not. guy comes alcohol, to my show. Alcohol has been around for. Guy a Guy comes time. to my show. I want to say in the same place. I swear to you. Like the next night, I'm not drinking, and he's got two casts on his arms. He's like, dude, <laughs> I've been waiting for this this moment for like three months. And I was like, oh, thanks. He was like, I fucking so badly wanted to do a shot with you, but I can't drink. I said, why not? And he goes, well, I got pretty fucked up last week, and then I passed out on my arms, and I lost the use of both my arms. And I was Wait, like... How, passed uh, out on his arms? Passed out on his arms. Felt passed out. No one moved him. He passed out on his arms. And the blood flow doesn't gap into your arms, and you lose the use of your arms. It's super dangerous, super common. That's a whole new level of things I got to worry about. Now. Oh, I have not, I have not stopped worrying about it because <laughs> I could just go to bed after drinking and then be paralyzed. You could, yeah. Oh, it happened to my cousin. Like my one of my cousins passed out on one of his arms and 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 had you got to get surgery. They these they they what they do is they have to cut open your arm and like literally I think slice open your arm and like refill it with like they got to like pump blood. It's it is insanely common and I, all I could see was this guy doing that and then thinking like holy shit like how many times have I taken a Xanax on the road but like I'm passing out and then I pass out on the Man, couch oh do you want like that's hearing about comics dying on the road and sitting in some of those places and realizing like oh this could be this La Quinta could might be, be the last thing I see my grave and that that makes me I, like I don't even have the kids or anything be like you gotta live for that I'm like I don't want to die in a fucking best western. <laughs> do you feel like? Do you feel like sometimes like that? I mean, I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say like that's how I'm going out. Yeah. But I feel like 
I don't think it would surprise anyone if I died on the road. But but look at the ratio. People are like, oh, you're more likely to die in a car accident than an airplane. Can you believe you haven't lost I, a comic? How much do I fly? I fly more. My car is basically a recreational vehicle yes. that I use the few days I'm in town. I should but have I'm gotten an planes. ATV. I'm on planes all the time, and I have this weird – yeah, I have this weird uh, – this weird thing if turbulence is real bad i never think it's going to crash but you've been on planes enough where something's been like oh that's a bit that's a bit much Mm -hmm. and i have this this checks and balances like all right are you happy with where your life is if you're not happy are you pursuing happiness and you're in your in your content with everything you've tried to do like what are your regrets right now i have this speech i've got a couple itunes mixes to go right to Couple, couple of playlists on the iPod, like oh, Wait, this what, is the music I'll skip out on. Are you and serious? Like, oh yeah, I mean they're good for other things, but and they all have stupid names like farting around in the attic and fopping off, and they just have like I just like fuckface dance party. Like they, I don't even know what's in them because I just oh. named them something silly when I made them. <clears throat> but like, oh, put on the calm music and go like, are you are you happy with you happy with your life? Yeah, I am. What are your regrets? Do you regret not having kids yet? I'm like. Uh, no, still not yet. Okay, good. Okay, like still not yet. Yeah, yeah. But if I land, if the answer was no to anything, and I land, I'm like, all right, that's stuff I got to work on. <laughs> that's a fucking. Hold on, I'm playing my my tap out music. <laughs> uh, go through. Uh, this is my tap out music, and I played it, and I played it a number of times flying into Chicago. Oh, really? Yep. And <laughs> I had to, I had to touch down and take off. Uh, oh, they did one of those. Touch down and take off. Um, like Playing a on number the of times, yeah. Well, maybe I don't Where, have O'Hare? it anymore. Yeah, O'Hare. The let's see if I can find it. Let's see. I had. Yep. The scare. Did you ever do Aspen? Did you ever do the festival in Aspen when they had it? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it I, ended. Oh, in 07. I did a touchdown and take off there. Did you? Yeah, we did with my family on the fucking plane. My and two it's girls. The, it's the little planes, right? Because you go from Denver to Aspen. If it, yeah. Yeah, we did a touchdown and take off, and we. And we landed in Colorado Springs, or I want to say, or maybe like something Junction, Colorado Junction, or Grand Junction. Grand Junction. Maybe, yeah. Landed there, and I had to drive into Aspen. Yeah, were you going in wintertime? Yeah, and I, oh yeah, yeah. We did, we hit storms. I'd never been on a plane where people were like crying and. What if this is the same year I did it? Because it, it was oh seven. It yeah, was the last year of the festival. I want to say that was when I did it. Was it? It was the last year, and like they had. We had to take buses in from Denver. We had to go back to Denver. But that was the only time I was on a plane where people were crying and throwing up and everybody just holding hands. Strangers all that. So I'm like, find the mix, find the songs. I'm like, all right, this is the pleasant tunes. These are some nostalgic jams. These are a couple slow ones. Sometimes like, I'll what? play some Leonard Skinner knowing oh. that's how they went out. Oh, man. Yeah, just go, yeah, well, uh, Day the Music Died. What do you want? <laughs> I, I put my, my jam, I couldn't find it on there, is uh, Lou Reed's Satellite. Oh, okay. Satellite's gone <laughs> up to the sky. Oh, dun, singing it in dun, a dun, quivering dun, dun, way, dun, knowing dun, dun, the plane's dun. crashing. <laughs> times like this, times <laughs> me out of my mind. Dun, 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 dun. <clears throat> do you, <clears throat> I got there for a little while. Do you play? Do you play it in a hotel room? Do you play it if you? No, do uh, my hotel room jam is usually something very gay. <clears throat> like when I'm in hotel rooms, I'm listening to like Katy Perry. I was just gonna say I got some dance party jams. Oh, because because what will happen is if I don't get to like twelve thousand steps by the end of the night, I'll try to jam in twelve thousand steps. Do you have? Do you have one of those? Th- th- oh, Fitbit Flex. 
Is that? Oh, this is the one that got recalled. It's the best. <laughs> Why? Does it... it got recalled. It electrocutes giving... you if you don't meet your goal. It was. I wish. <laughs> it, it was leaving people rashes. But I, I. It was. It's so fucking great that I not only bought this one, but I would find any ones that were on sale and I'd buy those because I was because they weren't going to remake them. Yeah, it's the greatest. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have dance parties in my hotel room. Like it, I'm, I, I've, I've talked about it before on I think on Rogan's podcast, but a lot of times I'll at the end of the night. I'll open a bottle of wine in the man cave, and I'll throw on a movie. Like the, last night, it was Belly, or no, last night it was Goon. Mm-hmm. Night before that was Belly. Uh, it was um, something about Mary, and I'll open a bottle of wine and get on the treadmill and just walk like seven miles and watch a movie. Really, just walk in, yep, and have just some walk, wine? and you get, and yeah, because you you know it's like crazy, but your blood's flowing, you're a little buzzed, and so what I'll do is I'll end up like laughing so hard. I laughed so hard at uh-huh. Goon and something about Mary that I literally was like. Was like I end up skipping and like going <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, one of the first times I did it was when Geraldo, like right after Geraldo passed. Yeah, I want to say yeah. And I and I watched his special that night and I was like, yeah, I was bummed because I really liked him and he was like such a sweet guy. Were you and, tight with him? Or uh, you, not yeah. tight. I mean, as tight as you can be with Greg. I, you know, I think Greg had some issues. Yeah, but I, like I, when I saw him, we'd hang out and talk and talk about addiction or was whatever. It, it was pills, right? I think it was Xanax. I want to say. I think it was, from what I heard, it was Xanax. I'm, man. I did you ever have addiction? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's. Like, do you think you're an alcoholic? I don't think so. That's. I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I don't. I like it a bunch. Yeah, but I never have that. Oh God, I gotta have it. If I'm at a bar and other people are drinking, yeah, I want to. have I can a beer. be inspired by just like anyone else can by a beer commercial yeah. or like or or by. By like, uh, by like, by like, if I see people on a Sunday at a beach bar having beers, oh, I go, yeah. oh, I would love one of those. Yeah, but I don't like, I don't long for it. Like I'm on the wagon right now, but I was, I was, I've been on the wagon for, for uh, a month, save for except for three days. But yeah. the three days were just I was on the road with my crew and we were shooting trip flip and I yeah. was like, well, I'm not going to drink with I'm going to not not drink with these guys. I miss them. We all caught up. We had three days. I come home. I'm back on the wagon and then I'm, I'm t- I leave for Kansas City then Chicago this weekend. Yeah, and I'm like, I'll probably drink in Chicago. Who doesn't fucking eat shitty and drink in Chicago? That's, I would die if I probably if I was still living in Chicago. I'd I die. would be dead as fuck. It, Al's Italian beef or five hundred pounds. Portillo's is my favorite place. Portillo's, Al's Italian beef, my favorite is fucking spot. place. Wiener Circle. They're, the food in Chicago <laughs> is deep it, dish pizza. Is the I, like uh, like I'm being dead serious right now. I'm on a cleanse. Yeah, I'm trying to lose weight because I feel like it's. The, I have a cardiologist appointment coming up, and I need to like focus have, on me. Being have you healthy. had health scares because of your lifestyle? No, I've been I've been healthy. Luckily. Very healthy, where it's like every high time, cholesterol. That's about it. High cholesterol, but it's only like two twenty. Yeah, it's not. My blood pressure is on the high end, but that's only because I'm overweight and I drink a lot. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but that's only because I'm in bad health. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because I'm. Yeah, it's only because I'm it's only because unhealthy. I'm overweight. And I yeah. drink all the time, <laughs> but but like I'm trying to get healthy so that I can then enjoy my life the way I like yeah. enjoying mm-hmm. it, and then keep it in check. I want to keep it in check, but like I know for a fact that um. Pizza kind of fucks with my stomach. Dude, I'm eating deep dish pizza when I get to Chicago. I cannot wait for deep dish pizza when I get to Chicago. If you like, need your fix while you're here, a place called Masa in Echo Park does a real good. Really? Real good replica. Uh, dude, if I, I plug love that and then we can get this to the Masa people and I get a free pizza out of them. I'm uh, plugging on every <laughs> podcast I do these days my Combos comedy tour because I love Combos. Like, that's my <laughs> favorite snack in the world. And I want to do a Combos comedy tour where Combos sponsors me. 
headlining with <laughs> other headliners. So like me and you would go in and do a date, and combos would put those the little combos. small packets on every table, and there would be like grab me combos on, as you walked out People of the door. People are gonna forget that they like combos until they try combos. Dude, I'm to help right now with this help. Yeah, people. People pe- forgot about combos. Yeah. Until they then until combos shows up, you're like, oh shit, combos. Combos was a was that's like, your new slogan. Oh shit, combos. Oh shit, combos. <laughs> oh fuck, why not combos? <laughs> I made uh, I made combos uh, nachos the other day for the girls. <laughs> you just put cheese on some combos, a little, little blue cheese <laughs> with some sharp cheddar. Put some put some uh, I put some sriracha all over them. I was like, one day I put I tweeted out that combos needs new flavors, and I was like, guys. Everyone's saying combos are new flavors. Combos fucking called me. And they were like, dude, we had like 7,500 followers until this. And they're like, thank you very much. Can we send you some combos? I go, fuck yeah. Also, me and my kids split my blood pressure medication. Yeah. I'm talking about being healthy. They need a fat, fat they need combos with tofu in the center. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, my, I'm a little OCD, so my whereas I let my lifestyle get out of control, mm-hmm. I always reel it in some way by punishing myself by like the exercise and doing that stuff. Yeah, exercise or walking. I walk twelve thousand steps a day, yeah. and I think that that I make sure my feet have kind of been fucked up. But I realize sleep's really important. So now the only reason I'm not drinking is because yeah. sleep really fixes everything. I re- and I don't sleep when I drink. I don't sleep well. Okay, like somebody sleep put well in my either. head like your your liver processes. Uh, alcohol into sugar after about four or five hours. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Bars close at two. I wake up at eight o'clock every day if I'm out drinking. God damn it. Is that why? Yeah. It's five hours after I've stopped drinking for the night and gone to bed. And so I never get a full night's rest. I always always wind up napping or something. And without a doubt, if I don't drink that night, wonderful night's sleep. Wonderful. And it's because the alcohol and the sugar wakes you up but getting pumped into your system. Uh, Yeah, I I got a new bed and I've been focusing on sleep yeah and so like and i've been sleeping like oh god i bought i bought a new mattress yesterday i made it i bought an adult mattress yesterday i've had the same one for 11 years really? since i moved to la my same shitty hundred dollar mattress i bought off western avenue where you're sleeping like you're in world war ii in a yeah. fucking trench yeah I, I, I finally pulled like the mattress cover off i'm like what have i been doing on this i'm like did i <laughs> did I fuck a motorcycle? What is? What are these stains? <laughs> what are these? Did, was I changing the oil? Was I using this <laughs> under my truck to change the oil? What? What did I do in my sleep that didn't show up on the sheets, but are in this mattress? My new foot. My, my new natri- mattress is really, uh, really stiff. Because yeah. my wife and I have bad backs from our old mattress because <laughs> I had slept body dump like body humps into there. <laughs> you hammocked it? Yeah, I hammocked it. I hammocked it. Exactly. And so my new goal on this mattress, my new theme is no footprint. I don't want that my body to I'm gonna sleep like I'm fucking crazy. You know, I had a sad thing. I, I, I was trying to think because I'm like, oh, this will be good again, like a like a premise. But you're like like I bought that mattress and I spent I'm like, oh shit, mattresses are good. Mattresses are expensive. Oh, yeah. I found it in a hotel originally. I was like, I got some hotel mattress. I'm like, what is this? This is great. But I'm like, oh, I bought something that's going to outlive me. Like, I made a purchase in my 30s. They're like, oh, this is the last one of these I'll buy probably. And Dude. that made me feel like it affected me. Like, oh, I'm not going to do this again because of mortality. That and that made me feel 
real strange. Holy like, I think there's shit. something funny about it, but I don't know what it is yet. But that, like, I'm like, I get really like, oh, yeah, you're in your 30s now. And I had to think, like, oh, yeah, this is the only one of these that you'll probably buy. <laughs> God damn it. I never thought about that. We're thinking about buying a new house. And Leanne's like, yeah. well, what should we do? Now, and I was just like, well, buy their next house. I, but I mean, knowing me, I don't want to move out of this house. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure if we buy a new house, it'll be the last house I buy. I never thought about that. My dad thinks like that. My dad looks at cars like, this will be my last car. I wonder what I want it to be. Cars, I feel like, no, it changed my mood. And, like, I, you know, given, the, given if I'm in the financial world. <laughs> motorcycles, motorcycles. This is the last one of these I'll buy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Because you know, in six months, you're pitched <laughs> off of it on a five. <laughs> <laughs> Single single engine airplanes. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to need another one of these. What am I going to go spend a bunch of money on it for? <laughs> engine goes out. It's a glider. That's why you yeah. want to keep it light. You know, it's a great segment for a show. Your last purchases, and oh, it's just God. things that you know are going to kill you. Yeah, this, this is it. This is it. I have I have a bunch of mountain bikes, and I keep wanting to buy more. I'm like, just why don't you stop getting hurt on the ones you have right now? Yeah, my knees are destroyed now. My feet oh, are destroyed. You got to ride. You got to try my skateboard. I got I got this when I. This skateboard I got or went into Val Surf and I was like I just went there before I came here today. I love that place. I had to kill some time after voiceover and I'm like I said I cruise over Val Surf. Oh, I go there. I take the girls there all the time. Yeah. And so I walked I can went in and I was buying something. I was buying my daughter. My littlest daughter's got a little bit of skate rat in her. Yeah. She's really comfortable on a skateboard, but she she's wears the clothes. Like yeah. my oldest daughter's a little a little bit of a Paris Hilton type yeah. and the youngest one's like they had this Wait. ASPCA Vans hat that she's in love with but it's got like the flat bill oh, she the, looks like a boy in the it the Huntington Beach yeah and so I got it for the surf warrior <laughs> yeah and they were like how's the how's your daughter skate, how's your daughter with the skateboard and it's got like the skate wheel the trick wheels that are a little smaller yeah. so they don't go as fast so it's a little easier for her to ride and I go good and yeah. they're like I was like I can't really fuck with it because I, I, I'm looking for something like a, I have a longboard up there that I normally ride. And the where do you like, go? I mean, because you can get a mini ramp back. There's here a there's a nice. ramp. There's a uh, there was a skate park right up here on on Mag, not Magnolia Burbank. Have you, can you go there and be competent? I get scared no. by the teenagers. There's one over in and uh, forget where I was going with the Garvanza, and I rolled up there with my bike because I'd more be more comfortable on a BMX bike in those places. Yeah. But I was watching these kids, and they're good. Like, I forget, Southern kids, not me growing up, a bunch of kids that don't know what they're doing. Like, oh, these kids are all sponsored. And yeah. Like a fat old guy with no kids around. Like, oh. I just look like a perv. I, I I I won't do it on that one, and I won't do it on the other one. I, I did for a period when I was young, like 30, I want to say 30. Like, when I was 30, I was comfortable with it. But um, this one, the wheels... Are like oh those are cruiser wheels yeah and they're and I'm telling you that skateboard like one push and you're down the street and it's like the greatest skateboard and I love I love it so I've I've been lately I just skate around here like just skate around the neighborhood to fuck around just to be like I'm gonna try to be healthy yeah yeah and so but um but I want to open like a that would be a fun place like a skate park for adults. Some is it Skate Lab that's out? Mick Bentoncourt keeps saying they got an adult skate at Skate Lab. Really, I think it's like 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 an adult swim, like Thursdays from seven to nine or so, whatever the time is. That it's just people over thirty to go. I'm like, dude, oh, good. I'll do, I'll go if you want to go. Joe Sib always goes and he wants me to go. We'll with take him. Fairbanks over there and he'll help us work on our tricks. Well, Fairbanks, I can't do anything on it. I was I, I, I was on tour with Tosh. I bought a, a board when I was opening for Tosh, and I was so proud of myself that I dropped in on like a three foot mini ramp because I never even dropped in on a ramp. 
when I was a kid, because nobody had ramps. You grew up in Chicago, yeah. you could use the same. It's like, oh, an above ground pool. Like, this is a piece of shit that nobody has fun in, so nobody had a ramp. Yeah. But it's, it's, I was just, I was happy I even dropped in, like, at 36. Well, it's like, scary as shit. Yeah. Going, scary going, as oh, shit. I could just break both wrists right now. Oh, and be out of commission. Yeah. I, I had a dream last night that I, that I uh, dropped into. Jason Ellis used to be a pro skater, I think. Yeah. I dropped into Jason Ellis's ramp. Like, but I skated in on this board, and I skated in, and they were all working out there. And I skated in, and I hit his vert ramp, and I hit it. I got high, and I, and I landed it, and I went, motherfucker. And I heard Jason Ellis, who, by the way, is like a, he's like a tough interview sometimes when you go into a show. Like, he's not like a... He's not oh, like a, he's on uh, the... X- that's right. That's but right. to impress Jason Ellis is no small feat. So I, when I landed, he went, oh, my God, mate, really good? And I hit the next one, and I was like, I landed again. And he's like, that's what I'm talking about. You say this. And then I fucking collided with the kangaroo in the dream. And he was like, are you fucking serious? And he lost his shit. And I was like, motherfucker, do what you, are the odds? Do you get disappointed? Like, what was the, like, how good were you when, like, when you skated? Not good. Not like, good what was, like. Not street tricks, ramps, anything? Yeah, uh, fuck around street tricks. But not even, like, good. Like, I like started, I really got into skateboarding yeah. with, at, like, 29, me and my buddy Croy, who, uh, who's, me and my buddy, why do I have to tell you that he's dead? Ugh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> me and my buddy Croy. Was he died from skateboarding? I mean, no, no, make no, it no, pertinent. no. He just died, like, a couple weeks ago. Oh, and But uh, he, he called me up one day, and he's like, we were trying to get healthy. He's like, well, let's just buy skateboards. Yeah. He's like, remember how much we loved skateboarding when we were kids? I was like, yeah. and he goes, why don't we get into it? Uh-huh. So we got into just skating around, and and like we learned how to ollie, and like you could we could slide a a, a, a curb, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And then and then I tried to get into, I tried to be able to pull off a kickflip, but in order to do kickflips, I could never do that on cement. Yeah. Like, I always had to do it in the grass. Yeah, because you needed the board to be stationary. I need the board to be stationary. Get, get it entirely. <laughs> so, uh, but that's as far as I ever got, and then it was like, and then I met my wife, and my wife's like, huh, you skateboard? And I was like, no, 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 I buy cars. <laughs> I'm a growing up. I drive cars. Yeah, well, whatever. I drive cars to where I need to go, to business places. But, like, this skateboard's really great, and it's got my totem. My totem's an owl, so yeah. it's got my totem on it. Yeah, when did you get your how, tattoo on your you, forearm? How do you find out what a totem is? Uh, you start seeing it everywhere. Really? Yeah, my wife's totem is a hawk. Like, But my wife's also pretty like, new age like that. Is it always an, owl, an, an animal? Um, I think my totem's hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. <laughs> I can't not see hot dogs. By the way, that <laughs> statement is why I love podcasts. <laughs> that that just made all this work that I've put into these 87, 89 episodes worth all of it just to be sitting in here and me being earnest about totems. And I, and I literally was like, is it going to be a flower? And you're like, I think my totem's hot dog. <laughs> That's what you see everywhere. That's it. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I can't wait to tell my wife. Hey, man, we all experience spirituality in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, maybe it's not coming to me. It's not coming to me in a sweat lodge, <laughs> but uh, they're there. They're everywhere. My total hot dogs. <laughs> Oh, I love that right now someone's laughing with us. Like, <laughs> that someone's sitting in their fucking ride to work going, Don! Well, like, so, but yeah, well, we're allowing totems to be all things, and therefore no, now people are finding totems yeah. that never knew they had them. Yeah, everyone, send us your totems. Wait, when did you decide to get the tattoo on your forearm? Man, all these tattoos are so silly. When did you, when get, did you get tatted? <clears throat> What's that? When did you start getting tattoos? When I was 18. Really? And so you get like real dumb stuff when you're 18. 
And you, then you get older, you're like, well, that was dumb, so this next one's going to be really cool. And then that process never stops. Sweet. And none of them are ever cool. What was, uh, what was your first tattoo? First tattoo was a, uh, it's a compass on the outside of my calf, which may as well just be like, Lollapalooza 95, man. That's <laughs> calf tattoos, right? And then I got one. The only one I think I'm getting covered up, which is this one. Oh, it's a clock with wings, bro, because time flies, man. So oh, deep shit. when you're 20 years old, so deep. And I think, but it's also fading. So I'm, I'm actually getting that one co- covered up by a buddy. And then I just started getting <clears throat> just silly ones. Like you realize, like what again? Like just whatever. They should be funny. Um, that would be a great segment for a TV show. First times where where you just take someone out. Like uh-huh. I did. I did a segment in uh, in Philly with this kid. It was it wasn't meant to be what it was. He was he was trying to do like a comedy sketch thing. Yeah, where it was like he's the he's the new kid, the open micer, and he asked the headliner a bunch of questions. Oh, and okay. I was I was just in a little bit of a spiral. And he brought up yeah. balloons. I have a phobia of balloons. And uh, and then he goes he goes, what's the best advice you can give me? I go learn to drink and hold your alcohol. I said, you know what? Let's drink right now. It's like fucking eight in the morning. Yeah. And I bring out Jameson and we do a shot. He didn't even I, like he can't even do a shot. He like holds it in his mouth, talking to me. I'm like, no, 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 swallow it. So we do like we end up doing like five shots within like literally maybe oh. seven minutes, and then he stops me and goes, "I got to break car- scene right now." He's like, "I've never gotten drunk before," so we witnessed his first time getting drunk on camera, and it was. I was like, I want to do a show where I take people out and get them drunk for their first time, <laughs> but getting someone their first tattoo is su- like it's such a. Like there's a bunch of first time things that dads used to do with their sons yeah. that aren't there anymore. Well, I get I get sad when somebody's getting their first tattoo now. It's like really, you, it's like you made it through. You're the exception. It speaks more about you not having a tattoo in 2014 than it does getting one. Really, in, in my opinion, I'm backtracking now. I'm just the one. Like, how many do you have? Uh, Nine. Nine? Yeah, now I just get them. Now they're just bumper stickers that I think are funny. <laughs> I got the pig from the Pork Chop Express, Express because me and my buddy were watching Big Trouble in Little China. We're like, man, this movie's great. I think it's my favorite movie. He's like, me too. He's like, let's go get tattoos. Like, all right, so we got Big Trouble in Little China tattoos. Where do you go get tattooed now? I got, I, I kind of get them on the road. Really? So they're kind of, that's, you know, yeah, you could just get a decorative spoon. But I get tattoos. You have a really interesting way, like hanging out with you. And it's by the way, it's not you know you, you have a very different persona, even from like my perspective of being around you, than it is to talk to you because you really. It seems like you're living life in manageable sizes and bite. Like the, the I'm really blown away by the way you approach comedy. I've never heard anyone ever say I really like doing it. And I needed an activity to do like at night when I was drinking, and it's a because it's a very fun art form to be involved in. Well, I I was also I also knew what could ruin it. Like if I I saw guys early on in Chicago that would go on the road, like they never wanted to work a day job ever again, so they'd go on the road just to make they just wanted to make a living off comedy. Oh, but then they had to adapt it. their comedy. And some, like we were saying earlier, some people made it out. Some people figured out how to do both and figured out how to work dr- drunk rooms and work shitty crowds and get them over on their side. But more people just figured out, oh, I just got to appease these drunks. And they're 
quality of comedy I thought did. but like oh, I, I, it was going to ruin comedy if I did that so I kept it I kept it precious and never wanted to capitalize on it I never wanted to monetize comedy I'm like no it's going to be this pure thing for me until somebody says we want to pay you for what you're doing not fill this hole that we got on Friday and Saturday nights be a serviceable comedian that gets drinks in these people's faces I'll do it for free that's, people are like, what's your advice on comedy? Are you willing to do it for free forever because you love it that much? That's it. Yeah. If you can do it for free forever, then you're, then you're set. Then you're fine because nothing's going to bother you. You're not going to get like, oh, I should be making money. Oh, I should be bigger than I am. No. You're just going to go out every night going, ah, i got to unlock the, the what's the riddle tonight? What is it tonight? And so I never wanted to ruin it because I loved it too much. And if I, even now, if I start getting sick of it or start getting burnt out, I get sick of my material, <clears throat> I sit back, I go camping by myself or like mountain bike, like just going into the mountains for a few hours and just trying to not die on a bicycle yeah. puts my brain back into focus. Puts that's, my that's, head like, I can't think about anything else because I'll fall off this cliff. So let's just put the headphones on and try and stay on the bike going down all these crazy trails. And that, like, at the after that, I'm like, oh, I kept myself alive doing a fun thing because I can't do BMX bikes and skateboarding anymore. Because I but like, I moved to California. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try this mountain biking, and I love it. It's the most, and it and it, and it focuses me. It centers me again. So like, oh, I'm ready to go out tonight. I'm ready to go do a show tonight. It's a, that's <clears> a, that's uh, that is. Uh, it's so funny that you you're you're saying so much good stuff that I don't know where to start. But like, you're you're totally right about mountain biking. Mm. I I say it with. I've only driven a motorcycle a few times. Yeah. When you ride a motorcycle, that really does dump your fucking you can dump only the toxins be alert. out of your head. You can only yes. be alert. You have no choice. Yes. You can only be looking for stuff not to kill you. Yeah. And and but it's mountain biking and we went mountain biking in Colorado for, for the show and mm. I had never been real mountain biking. Like I'd always been mountain biking in Florida, which is not te- you can't mountain bike in Florida really. Yeah. We're not mountains. So like you go to a rock quarry and climb around, but you never really were threatened. Yeah, yeah. Man, mountain biking in Colorado was legit. Yeah, yeah. Was like and and you were like, Holy God, but those moments, like I, I want to get back into like surfing or paddleboarding or things I I enjoy, but I'm never home to fucking do. That's, that's why I've been traveling with my skateboard. Yeah. Is because I go, you know what, man? I'm gonna go just fucking skate around the parking lot for a little bit and just worry about a pebble being in my way and shooting me off the board. Yeah, like, yeah. Just like <clears throat> or just weaving in and out of stuff. That's like sport team sports. I never got when I was younger. <clears throat> I just competition. No, I. Never got an, uh, uh, the idea of competition. You ever do a comedy competition? I had done, but I even didn't like those. I never sought them out. There was always stuff like, oh, if it came up, like. I did last comedy standing too, and I fucking hated it. That's, you know, I tried it only because I never looked at it as beating other people. It's like, you don't want to win last comic standing. You want to get, you want to be on TV and have a five minute set that maybe the judges don't get, but it's weird. Yeah. And the people watching it, like, go, oh, I like this guy. And maybe it helps. You don't want to win because you get the pressure. The funniest person in America. And then you get all the plebs that come out to the show like, this isn't fun. People love to just shit on comedy. Like, and especially yeah. if you're voted the funniest, people just want to shit all over well, it. Well, it's empowering. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a story and you tell me if, this, if you connect with this. Now, I went to, and I'm not, I'm, just hear the whole story before you start getting upset. Okay. <laughs> I went to, I went to, um, uh, the biggest mu- music festival in Nashville. It's for like uh, Country Music Weekend. Okay. 
Okay. It's like where every huge Nashville star goes and performs. There's, you can see some pretty cool shows like Dwight Yoakam and yeah. some pretty badass shows. But I, I got tickets. It was part. It was for Trip Flip. And I got tickets. We had front row tickets, mm-hmm. the very front of the row to like all of the big like country stars that play on like Kiss FM or whatever. Okay. Like the country stars that like the pop, Brad, Brad Paisley pop country pop that's... country. It's not. It's not my taste of music at all. No, and con- country like pop country and pop hip hop like are the. The same, like the same producers are making the same music. It sounds the yeah. same. Yeah. Uh, and I like country, mm-hmm. but I like Hank 3 a lot. Yeah. Like, I buy, when like, we're on the road, if Hank 3's in town, I, take, I buy tickets for my whole crew. Yeah. And we go watch Hank 3. Like the dirty stuff. Fuck yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. so, and I even like Hank Jr. I like some older stuff. I like mm-hmm. David Allen Coe. I like. Okay. Well, Ray, Ray Wiley Hubbard, maybe. <laughs> I don't even, I'm Googling it now. Just three names. If it's got three yeah. names, it's probably. If good. it's got three <laughs> names, I'm in it. And so I go and I'm and I'm. It's like I want to say it's Brad Paisley, but it's like one of those big mm-hmm. names. And it's all about uh, a bass boat and a and a pickup truck and watching the sunset with your girl and a cold it's, beer. It's the same song. It's the yeah. same song over and over again. And I'm literally sitting there in the front row and I'm shitting on it in my head, thinking, "How funny is this? People would give their left arm to be in the front row and then get to go backstage and meet these guys. And I yeah. could give two fucks." And I'm yeah. literally reveling in the fact how little I care about this. Like, yeah. I'm going, fucking, this is so bad. Yeah. I'm mocking it in my head. And then I went, oh, shit, this is what people do when they come to my comedy shows. <laughs> They're like, oh. he's trying so hard, and I fucking hate it. But it's fun. It really is empowering to, to, to just dismiss something unequivocally and be like, I, it's not my thing. It- and and it's... And, and I'm, I'm saying that because I know you're a music guy, and if someone gave you tickets to go see Kesha, you'd probably be like, you'd be in the front row going, this is horseshit for yeah. you. I'd, I'd be losing my mind, but <laughs> I love Kesha. But but what, but that's my, one of the things, and I have to remind myself of, and it was like one of those turning points maturity, and it comes with, also, do you get scared when you realize, like, being mature and seeing both sides of a situation, it flattens out comedy. And I'm like, yeah. oh, to be a well-rounded person, I'm like, how do I write comedy with a well-rounded viewpoint? But I'll get that. Like music, I'm like, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. That's what I had to realize. Listen, if if this garbage country, would you listen, it, the same as hip-hop, what, just talk about a truck or hip-hop, talk about your Bentley. Talk about a car, talk about your possessions. Talk about what you're going to take to fuck you up. Yeah. You know, it, it's all, are you, are you at the club or the honky-tonk? Yeah. It's, it's all. It's, Where's your it, hangout? It's manufa- <laughs> yeah, it's manufactured. But, I, but also, because I, I got into an argument with a, with a buddy, he's a movie snob. And we just sit in his room, just like, all movies suck, all movies are this, and realize that he would eat fast food every night. Like, do you know there's a chef out there? Who's got the same complaint about people like you? Like, yeah. people are fucking idiots because they want to see Transformers. No, people just want to see shit explode on a big screen. Like, yeah, Michael Bay's stupid, but it serves the purpose of like when you go out to a movie on a Friday night. Do you want to be intertwined in some layered story? That's it's like no. People go to blockbusters with blockbusters to see explosions and shit and cut loose on Friday. Yeah. There's a chef out there going, how can McDonald's say a billion serve when they have video of the poison and how they make it? And you're just like, eh, I'll eat it anyway. Yeah, but it's right on my and quarter. It's, yeah, and it's still, it's still, still the same complaint. Like when you could have decent foods available to you. Yeah. And so it, it, it's just because it's bad. It's not for me. 
It's not like it's aimed. It's not like it's something directed toward me. If somebody gave me two tickets to Kesha, I'd go, hey, who likes Kesha? I got two tickets. Go have a good time. It's going to be me, like, sh- me and Sean O'Connor. It's me and Sean O'Connor. We'd be fucking front row losing our fucking minds. Yeah, just covered in glitter. <laughs> just the two of you covered in glitter. Like, man, these gay dads are having a blast. <laughs> these gay dads are having a blast. <laughs> this is worth the it's, price of the sitter. It's, when, you, when you take generalizing out of comedy, it, it really takes the knock the knees out. Well, that's, um, that's been the writing process lately is if I get really, if I see something like, look how dumb this is. I'll make the jokes about why I think it's dumb, but then also go like, wait, why do I think it's dumb? What about me doesn't get this? So it's actually given me more to write about because then I turn it inward. If I'm just so quick, man, this movie's stupid. But then I'm like, I start writing, but like, but who needs a Transformers? I don't have to go to a shit job 40, 50, 60 hours a week to make barely enough money that on Friday night, do I want to see a story about a relationship between two people? No, I'm in one of those. That's who I'm taking to see the movie. I want to see robots that turn into cars, shoot buildings, because that's my release (laughs) at the end of the week. So that's why it exists. Just because I, because you know what I do all day? Oh, you gotta, you gotta go audition for a cartoon at the movie studio where they make that. And I get to drive around going, oh, there's a thing from Transformers. Oh, there's the set from this movie. I might, I get to make fun of that. Like, like, or I, I shouldn't make fun of that stuff because my life is silly. Why do I think I'm better than that? I'm not better than anything in the world. I, I and got, so I turned all the criticism back on myself. Why do I dislike it? That's my, my another peeve about comedians that bitch about stuff. If you're going to bitch about it, offer a solution somewhere in the comedy. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just a shitty person that sits back. This is stupid. You ever see this thing? It's stupid. Like, and you just sound arrogant. Like you're better than everything else. Yeah. Offer a solution or tell me why is it that you feel that way? What about you? I get, I get frustrated <laughs> at comics who tell me, like I think you were talking about this earlier, but I don't know if this is exactly it, but they tell you about a scenario that happened to them. But mm-hmm. part of me goes, I don't know if that really happened. Like yeah. when they go, uh, like uh, when they say something like I was in an elevator with, seven japanese guys and like but it just it and, or or when someone goes mm-hmm. uh and the i was and the guy came up to me and he said uh what's up with your face and i was yeah. like what's up with my face but it's yeah. like a make believe situation we're like did he really come up and say what's up with your face i mean i i tell stories and obviously through the course of storytelling, things get embellished. Hey, it's how if, the Bible if it got didn't, it, it would be called <laughs> listening to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but so you agree like that? Yeah, stories get embellished the more you tell them. Oh, the the guy wasn't just taller than me. He was probably like seven feet tall, but he was still a guy. It still yeah. happened. There was a tall yeah. guy casting a shadow, and because that's why you're a comedian. Yeah, and not just some guy telling a mildly entertaining story at a bar. I'm not saying these are it's not a court case yeah you know i'm not testifying i'm trying to make you laugh so there's my only goal is that you laugh yeah only that's why i'm a comedian yeah yeah but it's still rooted in 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 truth like all these things are rooted in truth i I, sometimes i find myself having told a story so many times i'm like what really did happen dude 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 that (laughs) i do that constantly like you know what i've started doing i started taking old jokes that i wrote and then said, let me break down this joke and tell you why I changed it to make it better for you. Yeah. So I like the <laughs> carrot cucumber joke because once that happened to me in Amsterdam when I was like, honey, this time you had a thin I cucumber. I remember you telling that joke in yeah. Amsterdam. And it yeah. bombed so fucking bad. And I went, and I did it on the show, the live show we did, and it did fine. But once I did that, I went, hmm, 
Let me go through because that is what I said in the in the moment. Yeah. That is a true story, but it didn't get a laugh. One guy did giggle, but no one laughed. But I thought it was also funnier. Didn't barely understood English. Yeah, Nobody whatever. laughed at whatever. my whole set. But I love deconstructing. I love deconstructing yeah. comedy. I go, love it. Going back, like I'm, I, I tell these longer stories, and they get longer because it's even arbitrary details that could be funny. Like, oh, we were driving, and I was listening to a mix CD, which all of a sudden I've decided had two songs on it that didn't fit well because I remember at that era in my life listening to a CD that I had a crate. Now, just because I had a mix CD at that time in my life doesn't mean it was on in the car for the situation. But it's, yeah. it's factual that I had a mix. And these all combine into telling one long, entertaining story. I told Don't take it. Don't put it in front of a judge. Yeah. But I told one story one time about three fights that I had witnessed, and I turned it into one fight. This is right when I started. Yeah. And it was such a great story. And I remember a guy, I want to say he's the guy at Comedy Central now, um, Gary Mann. Okay. But I, but, I, but I brought it up to him, and he doesn't remember it. So I can't really remember. But the, whoever it was worked for Aspen at the time. And he said to me, that's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. Is it true? <laughs> and I went, No. Like, real matter of fact, I was like, no, it's not true. Like, if it, if it was really true, that's fucking... And he was like, oh. And he looked at me like I was a liar. And I was like, oh, I will never do that again. And I was like, I was like, number one, I will never... I'm never going to mash up... I won't mash up my stories. Like, I'll just go... I'll tell two stories at once. I'll just tell both versions of yeah. the story. Because on the road, it also gives you more time. So it adds to your... <laughs> Oh, like, oh, the cheater moves. Yeah, I'm like, let me. I'm telling you this story to tell you another one I told. You need me to do 50 tonight. Okay, all right, I got it. Well, I'm going to tell about four diversions of this story. <laughs> but uh, I think I would love to fucking go on the road with you. I'd love to do like a co-headlining, just because I like let's watching good some, comics work. Let's go do some fun stuff. Man. Maybe that's what. I, maybe that's what I'll fucking. I got to get combos to sign off on. This. Combos. Listen. I wish combos knew what I'm doing. I'm. 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 I'm like, I'm trying to take us both to the next level. <laughs> And that comes with corporate sponsorship. What's your Let's What's your like? Do you like do look at goals in your career at all? <clears throat> no, well, that's like I look at how I got this far, and it was just from being so psyched on doing stand up, and, yeah. and so I I'm starting now. Like, like I just start start got my own apartment two years ago. I'm 37. Like I've never I you know, I dated somebody for two and a half years. It was the longest relationship I had seeing somebody now but getting like i said getting married or <clears throat> there was never my only thing is i always look back a year like what for oh, oh look back a year ago is your life the same or better if it's a, if it's worse if you're making less money you're not getting as many shows or anything that's that's when i get scared yeah but if i'm getting the same shows is the material getting better is the response on the road getting better is it staying the same that's the only quality control i keep yeah. All I can all I can control is the quality of my stand up. That's the only thing I can control is my work effort and my work ethic. That's all I have in my control. I feel like I feel like it's not enough to just work. I feel like now you almost got to create a new way to this is going to sound bad but brand yourself to like I love what Doug Benson does with those 420 shows. Yeah. Like I love that he's doing those cuz it's a way to look at the business. I started doing these call and sick to work shows. Where yeah. I go into a market, I do radio, and then I go right to the club, and I do like a live show at ten in the morning, mm-hmm. and those are fun to do. Like those are fun to do, but I end up so fucked up by the time <laughs> I get on stage that I I think that brand, if you're conscious of branding yourself, 
it won't work. I it, I get I do get the anti corporate gross yeah. out idea of branding, but people talk about finding your voice after eight to ten years in comedy. <clears throat> really, that's another way of saying you found your brand. It's a it's it it's really a, is. It's an artistic way of saying you found your you found who you are and what about you is going to connect other people, dude. And so I don't want to say that that's brand, but that's the honest way of coming. You've you've, you've come into your own. And as long, I mean, yeah, there's ways to make opportunities for yourself, make yourself available, doing podcasts, having your own podcast. I don't even have any of that shit yet. I, that's again quality control. I put very little effort into anything other than the jokes being funny. And if they want me because of the jokes, then I'll start thinking about this other stuff. You make but cronuts. To- <laughs> that's all you make. That's all I the want. The lines around the corner. That's it. What do you want I, me you to? Know- do you want me to expand? No, I do this thing. I hopefully do it well enough. The, then, then uh, that's the only way I can feel that I'm doing the right thing is that yeah, people are lining up for the cronuts. Yeah, as opposed to going, I make. What do you want? I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll, yeah. I, I think I can make it. Like then you're just running around spreading yourself thin. Like I'm not the guy that goes. I make cronuts too. Yeah, I yeah. make shoes. That's yeah. all I make, and I can make. I can make like flip flops. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm really good at like soles, pretty much. This is this is the thing. This is all I got. Yeah. I'm gonna work low overhead. That, you know, I have no monetary monetary responsibilities that make me go like I got to sell a show. I got to do this because I got to yeah. pay these. I so I get to keep it pure. I don't. It's mind not everybody's my, lifestyle. I, I don't mind in my shoe factory that I also make ski boots. I tried making ski boots. Yeah, and writing a book, and that and hey, look, writing a book. <laughs> some people like the ski boots. Some people didn't like the ski boots. They sold okay. I sold all the ski boots that I made. But let's just say they're not lined up around the corner for more ski boots. <laughs> There's a lot of accidents on the slopes after selling those ski boots. You'd be shocked. <laughs> You'd be shocked how little knowledge about making shoes goes into making ski boots. World of difference. World of difference up there. Very flexible ski boots. <laughs> there are flip flops that you can attach to the skis. Yeah, exactly. I thought it'd be great. You know, I thought, I thought it would idea. work. You get the. <laughs> I thought my boots were pretty stiff. They would work with ski boots. Turns out, an idea. Good. Well, that's that's the old Hedberg joke of, of oh, you can. Yo, you could tell what about like if you could tell jokes. Yo, can you act? Like, oh, you're you're a cook. Can you farm? Oh, <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. Hollywood tries to process oh, you fuck. into these other things. Like, no, I got this. I love going on auditions. Oh, for ten minutes, my name's Fred. Fuck it, my name's Fred right now. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I blow it all the time. I get to do cartoons once in a while. That's a blast. I never thought that would be a thing. Yeah, and so that's just a silly. Also, that I have in my life, but yeah, I don't, I don't stress it, man. I, I try to tour better. I'm trying to tour less dates. That's and, it's and, my, it's and my wife's wi- motto. And, and wiser. Yeah. My wife's like, work smarter, not harder. I'm trying, but I'm not smart. <laughs> that's that's why hopefully these people that you pay money to, the agents and managers, they're supposed to be the smart ones. That's who I want to see on stage. though, is a guy who knows what the mm-hmm. fuck he's doing and knows how to do it, and goes, look, I'm really good at this. Uh, like that's. But have you ever seen those people that just know business and they've manipulated their way into comedy just yes. because who you hear stories about people that they'll <clears throat> I won't name names but you hear they'll like they'll put their <clears throat> their CD out and then just buy all the copies in the first week so it shows up at the top of the list on iTunes so uh so and like just just like you can't that's skeevy like where's so the faith in your when product? my book came out I said uh you need to sell like I don't fucking know what it was. Let's say two thousand copies to be a national bestseller. I, 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 I actually don't know what the real number is. Yeah. I know what I sold it was, but 
I don't know what the real number was because it varies from week to week. Yeah. But they told me basically that if I purchased 2,000 copies of my yeah. own book, which I could afford to do, I could very well afford to do, yeah. I'd be a bestseller and that it would then make uh, the bestseller list and it would be high up there because of yeah. the books I'd already pre-sold and the books that they anticipated selling the first week. Yeah. And like, if you do that, you can then t- sell those 2,000 2, books you have on the road, which I could do. Yeah. And it would help increase the profile of your book and more people would buy it. And I would say, and I thought to myself, I could do that. I thought for a second yeah. I could do that, but I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I, I can't. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy because I'm mm. not the guy that's, I'm not a liar. I'm the only thing yeah. I can say is I'm not a liar. And if I went to dinner parties and people said, are you, so are you a national bestseller? I'd have to lie. Mm. Yeah. Go, yeah. But then I'd go, but I had to make yeah, or, yeah it, it announce how you, how the system's easily scammed. Yeah. And if and by the way, I could have very easily bought maybe a hundred books and gotten on the list, maybe two hundred books. But in my head, I was like, if you don't earn it, you don't deserve it. How dare I compete with the likes of fucking David Sedaris? Yeah, because I because I have a TV show and I have extra money that I can afford to buy my own book. I'm not L. Ron well, Hubbard. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, and that's my thing is is if. Again, there, there's there's ways to make opportunities. Like in my head, I don't even know if this is true. I feel if you're going to come out with a comedy special, one of the ways you can help yourself. This is just I've. It's only in my head, but like, have it come out in October, November, because when the people that are going to put their top ten list together, it's fresh in the mind of people putting their list the best of the year well, comedy yeah. reviews. But that's it. you're not manipulating anybody. Mine came out than- in February. <laughs> Extra foot DVD extras coming out uh, coming out in October, first week of November. That's really interesting. But but, but my thing is like, it's still you can hustle your way into that position. But even furthermore, like if the book's good and you're proud of the book, and it gets reviews that are good, like yeah, that's gonna be like bestseller. Then people like, how's this a bestseller? They read like, you still can't manipulate quality. You can't. You know, you can't, you just trick people, not, not you, but like no. people that do that, or you just trick people to buying something and then being more vocal about like, how the fuck is this a bestseller? It sucks. That's, that's worse than, than somebody just discovering something like, oh, I just picked up a book. My favorite author is just a book I found on a bookshelf at Skylight Books. Like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. And now I'm buying all his books I can't tell enough people about. Who is he? Poe Ballantine. It's good. Nobody no, knows about him. But what's so brilliant? He's one of these and writers the, that talks about how nobody knows about him. But the but the the beauty of that is that you found him, you liked him, and it's genuine. And now you feel like he's like this guy you support, but that's and what, you want to be a hero to, like a a, a, men, a champion for. Yeah. And now everyone just heard him here, and everyone's going, "Well, if he found him and he's a nobody, I bet he's fucking really good, and I bet I will like him." But that's that goes back to the comedy thing. If I can play somewhere and a ticket price is under ten bucks. And that allows somebody to take a chance on seeing a comedy show, as opposed to free tickets at a comedy club. Like we'll just get drunk or anything. But a, a music venue, like oh, I already like this bar. I'm coming here to see bands that I like. This already this this establishment has an aesthetic of things I would enjoy, and they're having a comedy show. Yeah. And a bartender maybe knows about it, or somebody that set up the show is like, yeah, it's it's funny. He's gonna have like, well, it's weird that a comedian would play here and not that comedy club down the street, and I can afford to take a chance on it. And then they come and go, shit, that was a good show, or somebody like this guy i've seen him and it's funny i'm gonna get you a ticket because i can afford it and getting that that's the loyalty that's gonna have people like he's coming back they're gonna go on the website they're gonna find out when are you coming back to town i want to make sure i'm there i want to make sure i tell my friends 
I'm getting to the point, like what you're saying, like people are driving from other towns and everything. That's another reason I don't want to fuck around on stage. I'm getting people like coming to other towns, like, oh shit, I got to tour differently. I got to start going to these weird places. I got to start touring like a band. You seem like I'll you're putting a, a lot more, a lot more insight to your road work than I am. I feel like I just, do, I just get my list well, these, and I just do them. Well, yeah, as but opposed these, to like these clubs are in epicenters. Like, well, what about somebody that's in like Davenport, Iowa? Would be where, a great place for you to hit. I just did a week of show where I did uh, B- Bloomington, Indiana, one of the best clubs, Comedy Attic. But then South Bend, where these guys got a side room. In back of a bar, like, would you want to do it? I'm like, yeah. Just, I mean, I got it's a little weird dealing with just people. I'm like, okay, like, like, gotta like mail half of the check or get a deposit or something because you deal with some sketchy people in this way too. Yeah. But 99, everybody's been great. And doing like people are like, oh, I never thought I'd get to see you because nobody comes to South Bend. That's what I hear more and more from coming so to wait, these places. What do you think about what do you think about <clears throat> writer or comics who have other people write their acts? <clears throat> I mean, who is it? I mean, you're talking like some giant like Larry Just, the Cable guy or something. I feel like I feel like I mean, if they're an ent- at that point they're an entity, and it's that's just that's a different area. I mean, I know it's still stand up comedy, but that's just you're, you know, if we're if you know if we're the folk singer songwriters now we're talking about Madonna. Yeah, it's like that's just a different level. If they deliver it the best way possible and people are paying eighty dollars to see a professional act in a stadium, yeah, I don't care, man. Yeah, that's I, not. I, I, yeah, I have no connect. I, I had the problem with the. They wanted me to have a ghostwriter on my book, and I was like, I was like, no, I'm not going to fucking be on a shelf. And if I didn't write it out, because I'm, I'm not famous. It's not like I'm famous. Then I'd be thinking, I, I don't know, I, just I somebody feel- to like bat you in the right direction as you. No, write. I mean, how that's, does that's an editor? Work? You, or you just sit there and tell them. You stories. tell them the story, and then they just write it. And I was like, eh. I had a conversation with a writer today for a sitcom development. Yeah. And he was like, he was very cool, but he was like, yeah, I'm not in this. I'm not in the business of telling your story. I'm in the business of hearing your story and then telling you what your story is. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, yeah. that's not my business. I was like, I'm not. I'm not that guy. I guess that's what if. It, but if it's a sitcom, uh, would you I, agree with having a writer for the? I, I'm cool with a writer. I'm cool with. Any fucking writer telling me, me telling my story, and they go, we can do that. And then they, they got to morph it the way or, you want to do it. Or, or Bert Kreischer with so-and-so on the cover of the book. Yeah, uh, what? For, Instead of a ghostwriter, they just they put their name on it. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, we're jamming. I'm not. Uh, you know, if it says with, if it gives credit to somebody else. No. Because I, I definitely don't want to read uh, The Dirt as written by Motley Crue because that would <laughs> That would be insufferable. Well, uh, Ella, I have, I'm, I'm I have glad Jason. you had a ghost. Right? You could tell they yeah. still had their input because Tommy Lee's chapter is like, dude, so bro. And I'm like, dude, fuck it, dude, bro. So, you know, I'm like, man, thank God you had a ghostwriter on this thing. The I listened. Kirby I read. Crowd. I read Ellis's book, but it's written with Tully, and Tully's like his sidekick on the show. Yeah. So it's like it's not a ghostwriter, really. It's it's getting the book done. That's because, what I mean. So if yeah. it's Bert Kreischer, when you see something, so and so, my life, yeah. Bert Kreischer. It's with, the ones where it says Bert Kreischer and. And then it doesn't tell you that someone else wrote it. Because I think, I mean, that's how you you know you pitch stories to someone who's trying to write a sitcom. They're like, okay, what if that? Because I mean, doing at midnight's weird for me to show. Because like they have writers that help you, and I feel as a comedian, oh, I couldn't do that. I feel like as a comedian, I gotta, I want to come up with my own joke. Now, a couple times I've pitched a joke with like, and they'll give me an angle on it that improves it. Like, oh well, yeah, the, oh I'd like okay, that. I'd like that. Yeah, that's fine. That helps out. And like once in a while, where. You're sitting there with a writer, like, 
And the writers are fantastic on this show. Who are the writers for? Oh, yeah, I know. Like them. Blaine Capatch and I think Jesse Joyce. And, and, and I know, yep. And Blaine's, Blaine's one of the funniest people in the world. And when he's sitting there just giving it, I'm like, oh, that's funny. He's like, well, yeah, say that. It's, you're not stealing a joke. That's oh, why they're I still feel like there. I was feeling. I, 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 if I'm stumped, one time I was stumped and I was like, I'm going to use that joke. He's like, yeah, it's okay. That's what, the, that's what yeah, they're there That's for. why I'm yeah. in the room with you. As a writer, we're trying to come up with these things. But See, I couldn't don't be take I couldn't be Blaine or Jesse or, or any of the writers. I the whole time I'd be sitting at a bar going, "I wrote that. That's I, not him." It, and I guess that's if you're a writer, you resign to knowing that your work is getting the the somebody else is getting the credit. Yeah, because I would love the job I would, as a I would writer. walk in. I'd walk into at midnight and be like, "Here's my jokes. Can you guys fix them?" Because, like That's, I said, I'd get them up and running and go, "It kind of works. Can you make it better?" <laughs> well, I, I realize that my writing is terrible because as I as I'm in the room, I'm like, "What about this?" And the writers don't even laugh. They're like, "Oh, that's that's funny." But it's oh, it, shut it's up. only I will never do only at midnight. My, it's my own. It's the only way. It's I have to sell it. It's, oh, just, it's me, motherfucker. It's my you're dumb making words. Me, you're making me. If I, if my, I would just simply start questioning all the things I hate about me. Oh. So I'd be like, apparently, I'm, I'm what Attell said. Fucking volume plus confidence equals funny. But, but try, trying to stay like writing with other people, I can't. I don't know how people do it because you see people getting along and laughing and writing. I can't do it all because I, I don't deliver it like I'm on a stage because I don't do the sales. But I go back to first year comedy, Kyle going. What if uh, I said this, and then these were the words, and like, yeah, I guess that that Fuck. could work. And it's like, but it's because I don't want to convince them because you, you hang out with enough comics and you hear them always selling everything they're yeah. talking about. Some people are naturally funny, and you love hearing them do that. But other people are like just fucking take a break. You're not on stage. God damn, that's yeah. That that would be fucking nerve wracking for me. <laughs> Oh, I think we answered all the comedy questions. Today. Yeah, we did. I'd love to do another podcast with you. Like, I could talk to you forever. Let's throw another four hours on it. Hey, I actually have to go to another podcast today. Where are you going? <laughs> I'm going to my buddy Willie Roberts has one. Oh, I don't know him. I want to do his podcast. You want to go with? <laughs> no, I can't. I've got, a, I've got a little girl coming home with no teeth oh, in a second. No. Yeah, I'm nervous to go into the house ice, and see what cream. fucking drama. Ah, but she's going to get the ice no, cream. No, Vicodins, Vicodins. <laughs> And ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that ice cream's not a painkiller. It's the treat because you can't chew anything. Yeah. Oh, no, Vicodins. I give them Vicodins. I, I put cheese on top of combos. Break, oh, yeah, Jesus break Christ. a little Vicodin on the ice cream. <laughs> what are you, like King Show Tut? You're going to take them with you when you die? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, do you have any dates you want to... Pr- uh, I feel like I, feel oh, like I want people to go see your venues when now. When does this come out? When is this- I will air this probably next week. Yeah, I start a tour next week going through the southeast. Oh, shut up. And it's all leading up to the 40-watt in Athens. I'm recording a new hour special at when the 40-watt. When are you at the 40-watt? August 16th. It's a Friday Dude, night. dude. Are you going to be down that way? Dude, I think, I'm in, I think I'm in Atlanta. August 16th. August 16th, I am July. Dude, I'm in Atlanta August 16th. Are you? Yeah, What are you, are you doing any press? Uh... I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I'm leaving. I, Savannah's my last day of the tour on Thursday, and then I'm taking Friday off to just relax. Um, I might. I'm, who knows? Maybe I'll wind up in Atlanta. What time's your show? I'm doing. I think there's seven thirty and ten. I'm doing two tapings. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think my. Sh- maybe I'll come down to see some of your. Oh, you're in Athens. I'm in Atlanta. What are you doing? Atlanta, Atlanta improv? Yeah, I'm at the uh, Funny Bone. No, funny. uh, punchline. Pun- 
Yeah, I forget how many. Punchline's are great. God damn it, I'm in Athens. I'm in Atlanta. It's totally different than Athens. Isn't it? Isn't it like the best treat when you're on the road and you see another comic? What are you doing in this city? It's the greatest feeling. I had it the other day. Um, or the airport, just constantly bumping into people. God damn it, where was I? And someone's like, "Hey, I'm there too. We should hang out." And I was like, "Oh, let's totally do that." I want to say it was Florida. My memory is fucking shot. Uh, you know what? I was thinking that I've absolved myself of some qualms about losing, but like, also, you know what? I have no repetition in my life. It's not like I can be like, "Oh, well." I know I was at work till five, yeah, and then I drove home, and then I was at my house, and uh, maybe I went out to eat. I'm like, no, I was in an airport. That I mean, I, I was in the Bahamas on a cruise that I got back Monday night, and I was, before that I was home for three days. I was in London for two weeks. I'm like, I'm like it's okay to get your memory jumbled up, yeah, because there's no set schedule to your life. I haven't. I, I used to think. I used to. I remember. Used to think like, oh, it would be cool to. Like, I hear these stories of these guys wake up and they don't know where they are. That would be cool. Uh, that's my life. I never know where I am. <laughs> yeah. I wake up ne- always. My first second is opening my eyes going, where am I? Like, it's like it's like a little mystery. Or being in the airport and all of a sudden, like, wait, which flight, what city yeah. am I going to? Like, I know what time the flight was, but now I'm here and I'm like. Right when you check in and they go, where are you flying to? And I'm like, ooh, got to give me a second. Shit, uh, I don't know. Is that the connecting? Where am I at this week? Yeah. <sighs> Well, everyone go and see him in Athens at the 40 Watt. Find his tour. You at KyleKanane.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's spelled Kyle Kanani. <laughs> that is my favorite. <laughs> I have enjoyed it so, like, because we I had to reschedule. I wish corrected her then. Uh, she, I wanted her to say it to you. Kanani? Kanani. And, and you were like, oh, I guess maybe that's how your wife gonna... under the bus. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> go see him, and uh, and hopefully we'll do another podcast soon. Let's do it, man. I fucking... Let's do a skateboard. Could... Let's do a skatecast. Fucking tell me about it. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by The Machine.